Seven o'clock. You know where your freedom is? Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an easy idea. Only macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on Indie Media Weekly Worldwide, Radio for Humans. And uh, first of all, I want to extend my gratitude uh, to Paul Trojan Rabbit for letting me uh, fill in for him uh, on Paul's memory bank last night. It was a hoot. I challenged myself uh, by finding uh, different and unique artists that would kind of fit in the vibe of his show. And I think uh, in uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it. And uh, again, challenging myself. It wasn't like wall-to-wall heavy metal. Uh, <laughs> arguably, I only played some hard rock, not really metal. So, uh, But I played a lot of really cool, fun stuff, and I appreciate everybody for hanging out. It was an in-memoriam show for all the many, many talented musicians uh, behind the scenes and up front uh, that we've lost in, uh, in 2019. So uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the program. We got lots of exciting news, uh, some a little sad news we'll, we'll get to here momentarily. But um, uh, of course, joining me as always on the show, Mr. Joe Santors of Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Hi. How We're are electric. you? Yeah. And of course, Rain from Four Freedoms blog, Washington, D.C., the Beltway Bureau, the Swamp. Welcome. You know what? What's that? I had Mr. Rabbit. I had Mr. Rabbit here at our house this weekend mm-hmm. in the swamp. Yeah. Paul from Paul's memory bank. And his lovely wife Anne um as well. Yeah, and it was it was I'm so happy they came to visit us. It was really it was really nice. It was fun. And um I'm just gonna put it out there. Indeed Media Weekly peeps. You're all welcome to stay with us. Just one at a time. Just one yeah, at yeah. a time. Sure. You don't want, you know, <laughs> start you don't want to start a, a freaking commune or anything. Um, no, that would make me a communist. <laughs> oh, see. Uh see? And, and uh <laughs> another uh, a little bit of sad uh news for the network. Um uh, we are going to be losing the program Southern Progressive Revival. The host, Wes Carskadden, is unable to broadcast anymore with his computer uh, and hasn't been able to come up with a solution. And um, Janet uh, has decided that she can't spend, you know, every week doing the show, wants to spend more time with her family, and they just decided to fold. But on that note, we will be having a star-studded series finale this sunday on oh. uh yes uh and, and uh, i'm gonna have to watch game of thrones later look at that um oh. but but yeah i know i know no. that's all right I, I have hbo now so it's it, it, it comes up right after so um 
but uh yeah so uh, uh wes will be there janet will be there joey of course cool black dude in the chat room with us right now uh john kendall is gonna uh, be on hand so is adam hebert and ladies and germs we're gonna have kim williams uh who was a a big a part of the show in the very beginning um well, not not an enormous part but she, you know she she did lend her uh southern charms to the southern progressive revival and uh we might be working on some other uh couple other appearances for the again the series finale of southern progressive revival but that being said on the sunday time slot um i just i had an idea la literally last night because i don't want i want to still offer people who who want to go there some programming so uh, i i got on I, I got this idea while i was doing paul's memory bank and i said adam call me uh and you know when it was over um and uh, i ran this idea past him and he seems to think it's a good idea i ran it past janet um and i meant to, i didn't get to mention it to joey um but he he was in this conversation that i had with janet and adam is that and um is that we want i want to make sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on soon-to-be Radio for Humans, the Radio for Humans Sunday Co-op. And it's going to be programming based on what listeners want to hear. Listeners can help with the content. It could be a podcast special mixed with, you know, music programming. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to give me a playlist to try and, you know, you know we'll, we'll stack up music. Um, or we can uh run old time radio stuff or if there's like hey maybe there's some crazy old political speech that's on the internet archive that you want to hear like an old fdr fireside chat or something like that uh you know really the sky's the limit within reason as long as it's not in violation of our ASCAP bmi license we can really have a lot of fun and and from time to time we might actually if there's something big going on we might just take that sunday spot and do some news if there's if there's a lot of news that we need to talk about we're going to do that you know and maybe hey just for fun we don't know what to do maybe we'll stack up three best of the clown cars from the tim coromel show you know wow we'll do a there's you only, know what's that there's, there's only 28 volumes well yeah so <laughs> we're in limited supply well, uh <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got a half a year yeah so uh, but yeah so you know we have uh well if we do three at a time we only have uh what that'd be 12 weeks worth right okay Something i'm like terrible that. at math yeah, well, i don't even know if that's right no it's it'll be about eight weeks worth so anyway that being said i want people out there listening you know who are part of the different shows and stuff i really have had this idea that and i'm just springing this on joey who's listening right now is I, I've I've wanted to just like talk heavy metal with Joey for like an hour, and you know, it, it, you know, just do stuff like that, um, and uh, you know, so you know, if anybody has any thoughts, any ideas, you know, I'll put together specials with like all my old comedy bits and stuff like that, um, uh, you know, in uh, uh, whatever anybody else wants, you know, I don't want to monopolize the thing, I want I want it to be you know contributions from everybody and we already have a fair amount of like cooking specials and stuff like that uh we can we can stack those things up for you know a, a show whatever it literally we literally have you know three three hours to just play with and do free form radio and have a blast so 
I don't know. What do you What do you guys think of that? Does that sound does that sound fun? Yeah. Yes. So a potpourri. It, I was just gonna say a potpourri. <laughs> well, I, I said it. I was gonna say the same thing. You did say it first, so okay. you're a man and you win. That's not right. No. No, it's not no. right. I'm. And I'm I was an being a smartass. Bird. I'm a, a three eyed raven. <laughs> uh oh. No, but I, knew, I do. I, I do knew what you were gonna say before you said it. Oh really? Mm. <laughs> he knows everything. So oh, everything. Anyway, but yeah, don't. But don't let. All right, uh, I'll be silent for the rest of the show. Well, I'm no. Don't don't do that. Uh, that will be very dull. Um, you know that I would not do that. I know. And I love Joe. And sorry for being the so smartass. But anyway, yeah, so tune in for the series finale of Southern Progressive Revival this Sunday, and stay tuned for uh, the 7 to 10, and let me know if there's something you want to do. Get in touch with me on Facebook or Twitter, or uh, email me, kennypick at protonmail.com. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, maybe we could do, a, a, you know, um, a three-hour special of dramatic readings of Donald Trump's tweets, like the one he did today. Oh dear God! <laughs> yes. Really? Um, did he did he tweet a lot today? Uh, he tweeted out. Um, oh this is uh, and he got he got his he got a new shark hole ripped for this one. Uh, this comes to us from Mediaite. Uh, Mediaite's new and improved. Everybody, they have like they they bragged about eight hundred updates they did on the website. Uh, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, from Caleb Howell over at Media. Twitter rips Trump for POW tweet just weeks after McCain bashing. Thought you liked people who weren't captured. So Trump tweeted out, uh, it says, On National Former Prisoner, Prisoner of War Recognition Day, we honor the Americans captured and imprisoned by foreign powers while carrying on their duties to defend this great nation. And the responses were great because Jake Tapper just literally quoted Trump and and said, uh, he's a war hero because he he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. Okay. I hate to tell you, Donald Trump, 2015, um, a lot of people, a lot of people just quoted him and, and retweeted what he said. Um, including Oliver Willis. You shared some Oliver Willis with us today, right? Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, I prefer presidents that didn't fake bone spurs. Uh, and yeah, so b- basically just, you know, everybody was like, you know, quoting him, you know, that's it's like, you know, uh, uh, and uh, a guy named uh, Chris uh, Sommerfeld, right? File this under uh, tweets. Trump definitely didn't write himself. Um <laughs> And uh, and somebody put uh, asterisk except McCain, um, and uh, yeah, so uh, uh, people just decimated him. And finally, um, Megan McCain definitely still not a fan of her, but uh, yeah, so she she uh, was the, one of the more recent people to tweet about it. She says, "No one believes you care about prisoners of war and people who get captured." In quotes. Um, so yes, yes. So, so yeah. No so sense. no sense of irony. There. No, I mean he's batting a thousand. You know, he says something one day, and there's a fucking tweet or quote from him. You know, from a couple of years ago, saying the same exact fucking thing or the opposite thing. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like 
Okay, you said that today. Well, you said the exact opposite four years ago, five years ago, two years ago. You know? And that brings us to Trump today having a little bit of a blow up. Um, you guys saw this, correct? Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of his presser, who was who was he with? The, the Egyptian president today? Some president. Some. Yeah. Somebody he'll insult by tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but he here's his little meltdown from today um, at the end because somebody was asking him about uh, now that you know. Uh, oh, oh, hey, guess what? Kirsten Neil, Kristen Nielsen is gone from DHS. So you can be assured somebody equally or more horrible will be in the Department of Homeland Security soon. But, um, yeah, and we'll have more on that later, but he was asked about the policy of separating children from their families that caused such a stink last year. And, oh my God. I I mean, oh my God. You remember when people used to freak out when Obama dare mention the economy that he was left by George W. Bush? Oh, yeah. Oh my God! Oh my heavens, the Betsy! How dare he state How facts? How dare you blame George Bush? Yeah, for what so. George Bush did. Take your take responsibility yeah. for it, you you Negro man. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so this is I know that was really inappropriate. No, but you know I'll, what? I'll buzz you. That's, mm-hmm. what, fine. that's what. That's what people on the right wing no it's, it's no secret but. it's no secret they're a bunch of racist assholes um but yeah so uh here's trump's little meltdown about uh, somebody mentioning that obama separated the children by the way just just so you understand president obama separated the children those cages that were shown i think they were very inappropriate. They were built <laughs> by President Obama's what? administration, not by Trump. No. President no. Obama not by had Trump. child separation. Take a look. The press knows it. You know it. We all know nope. it. I didn't have, I'm the one that stopped it. President <laughs> Obama had child separation. Now, I'll tell you something. You Once you don't have it, that's why you see many more people coming. They're coming like it's a picnic, because let's go to <gasps> Disneyland. President Obama separated children. They had child separation. I was the one that no. changed it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're not looking to do that now. We're not looking to do that now. Thank you very much. But it does make, it brings a lot more people to the border. When you don't do it, it brings a lot more people to the border. We are not looking to do it. But President Obama had the law. We changed the law. And uh, I think the press should accurately report it, but of course they won't. Thanks, Obama. Uh, Okay, well, first of all, uh, I love this clip from John King today. We're going to need a backup generator for the fact check machine. Yeah, oh, because there were so many lies in there. So many lies. Okay. It was Obama who separated the. No, it was the, 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 what they're talking about. Okay. I will say this. There were some pictures from 2014 that were circulating about um, migrant camps for children that did have absolutely. Um, the chain link fence enclosures inside of them, cages, call them what you will. Well, let's be fair. 
You know, you want to say they were, they were putting kids in cages? Well, guess what? All those kids, they were separated from their families. By whom? President Obama. No, I'm kidding. They were separated from their families by their families. There was the huge wave of unaccompanied children that came to the U.S. border in 2014. Uh, or was it 2014? Yeah, it was 2014. Uh-huh. And it was, a, it was an enormous crisis. And to deal with these, you know, w- with this w- influx of children, yeah, they had to use places that they didn't think that they'd normally use. So, in, in you know, hey, it, it, optically it looked horrible. I don't know uh, how long they were stuck in the, those places. They, but they were stuck there for about 30 days. Yeah. Because of the Flor- Florence. Joe, help me out with this. The Florence. The Florence. I think it was Flor- the Flor- Florence. Flores. Flores. That Flores yeah. judge. <laughs> yeah. From Judge Judge Flores. Judge Flores. Yeah. You know what I'm talking the about. The youngest right? judge yes. ever. I'm not yes, making yes. a joke here. You can't. It was Reno versus Flores and it was it was uh so so that the kids could be the separated. Kids could not the kids could not be held longer than twenty days. Twenty days. Thank 20 you. Twenty days. Right. Um and that's the agreed upon uh uh, court case. Okay, so in the Flores case, you know they 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 have to deal they have to deal with with these children within twenty days. You yeah. can't just keep them locked up. Twenty days. That's mm-hmm. less than three weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, they were already unaccompanied. But, they weren't separated from their but families. They came here unaccompanied. If you recall, like we we just said, these children just showed up. In droves without adult mm-hmm. supervision. Right. It, everybody remember when Glenn Beck went down there with soccer balls and teddy bears and was throwing them over, uh-huh. and the right wing yeah. freaked out. Yeah. So these children. So th- there were concerns about human trafficking. There were concerns about, um, uh, you know, all sorts of of, of abuse. And uh, what were they going to do? They had to do makeshift cages. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that happened, but they weren't separated. They weren't separated from their families. They didn't cross the border no. with their mothers and fathers. And then these were kids who came over by themselves. Here, yeah, and their the parents sent there. them here because they feared for their children's lives. Let me play a little bit of audio from uh, all this last year. Um, uh, President Obama's point person on immigration, Cecilia, uh, Cecilia uh, Muno, Munoz. I'm not I, Munoz. I don't know how to pronounce it. Forgive me. I'm very white. Um, uh, was spoke to NPR's John Inskeep about this very issue about the photographs that were circulating. Here's a little background information on that. Photos have been circulating on the internet of detention facilities for children, but some of those photos, it turns out, date back to President Obama's administration and President Trump blamed Democrats for the whole thing. What's going on here? Well, Cecilia Munoz was President Obama's domestic policy director and his point person on immigration. She's in our studios. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Let's try to, all this stuff is coming at us at once, yeah. but let's try to work back and put it put it into a narrative, put it in order. First, there are photos on the internet of detention centers for children. They're pretty disturbing. It looks like kids in cages or on mattresses, sleeping on mattresses. But these were from 2014. Right. What was happening in 2014? In 2014, we saw an enormous spike compared to what usually happens every year in the number of kids crossing alone into the United States. Unaccompanied minors. Unaccompanied kids. They either rode on the top of the train 
uh, which crosses Mexico, or they brought, were brought by smugglers. And we didn't have enough shelter facilities because we had a huge increase. And so kids ended up kind of piling up in Border Patrol lockups, which are no places for children. And President Obama's determination, as I recall, was to adjudicate their cases very quickly and in many cases send them back, deport them. Well, in fact, what uh, the Obama administration did, which is what the law requires, is to find uh, shelter facilities for those kids, which were uh, put together by the Department of Health and Human Services. So the goal was to get kids out of the Border Patrol into proper care by HHS, and then HHS is supposed to release them to the least restrictive setting. And in more than 80% of the cases, that was their parents who were already in the United States. Oh. So there you go. She even I, said I it. It's That's so no place actually, for children. What happened was, was that the Obama administration got families together yes. that were already separated. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you and all, all of our listeners. <clears throat> Who's in charge of Health and Human Services right now? Because, Nobody. Well, because what, what this woman just said was really important. They were put into the Health and Human Services pipeline. And what we're seeing right now is these kids coming in without their parents, even though they probably have relatives here in the United States. Mm -hmm. They're not being allowed to reunite with their relatives here in the United States. And if they come here with parents, they are doing the parent separation situation. The fact, here's the thing, the fact that Donald Trump actually said Obama did this is, and I know we know this, it's a it's a goddamn lie. It's a lie. It's a pure, complete lie. The um, <clears throat> what we just heard is that these kids who came in on on top of the on top of trains, and I I remember seeing that documentary. I can't remember the name of it, but they came in. They came into the United States, and they they were put into the Health and Human Services pipeline, mm-hmm. as opposed to. What we're seeing now, it's Department of Homeland Security and ICE and, and you know, Border Patrol. Yeah. And yeah. and to me, I feel like this is this is really messed up because. Well, here's the thing, it, too. One one is really humanitarian and the other one is just get them out of here. Yeah. And I'm really, really not happy with what's going on with um, the Department of Homeland Security because it's not protecting us. Well, True. Here's, here, ahead, here's, what, here's what we have to look at. What's the phrase? From 30,000 feet. Okay. What happened in 2014 happened. Yes. It just happened. Okay. It had nothing to do with what the administration was doing or... What was yes. go- going on with Border Patrol, it just happened, okay? There was an influx of children unattended coming over the border, and they had to make makeshift shelters quickly to to handle the situation and adjudicate the cases as quickly as possible. Yeah. That just happened. What's happening now We was took care caused- of it with humanitarian... Right. But what's happening care. now was caused by yes. the administration. Yes. It was predicated on a no-tolerance policy outlined by the, what's his name, uh, Jeffy. Oh, uh, wait, hold on, uh, are you talking about me there, you so-and-so? Yeah, you little, 
you little fuck. So, hey, uh, you watch your mouth. This is a Bible-loving man here, and you don't yeah, use Yeah, I like to stick of... a Bible hey, up hey, your ass. Hey, hey, Jeff, you just... Anyway. Jeff, <laughs> get out of here, Jeff. Jeff. I like to give you, you a Bible this? enema. But anyway. Oh, Jeffy, hold on a second. If you're talking about me, let's just go ahead and roll the audio, okay? You, you want to hear the audio? We'll find out. Let's get to the bottom of all this. Yeah, let's get to the bottom. I thought I'd take a little bit of digression here to uh, discuss some concerns raised by our church friends about separation of families. Many of the criticisms raised in recent days are not fair, not logical, and contrary to plain law. First, illegal entry into the United States is a crime. It should be, it must be. If you're going to have a legal system and have any limits whatsoever, persons who violate the law of our nation are subject to prosecution. If you violate the law, you subject yourself to prosecution. And I would cite you to the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans uh, 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained the government for his purposes. Orderly and lawful Processes are good in themselves. Consistent, fair application of law is in itself a good and moral thing, and that protects the weak. It protects the lawful. Our policies that can result in short-term separation of, of families is not unusual or unjustified. And it's really a very short period of time. Normally, the uh, adults are only held uh, in custody for a week or two or three um, before they enter a plea of guilty for time served and allowed to go home and with their children. Our policies that can result in short-term separation are not unjustified. American citizens that are jailed do not take their children to jail with them. Non-citizens who cross our borders unlawfully between our ports of entry with children are no exception to this principle. They are the ones who broke the law. They are the ones who endangered their own children with this trek. The United States, on the other hand, goes to extraordinary lengths to protect these children while the parents go through the detention period. See, it's all on the up and up because the baby Jesus said it was okay to do it. No, Jeff. You know what irritates me the most about this? Everything that Jeff Sessions said in that clip mm-hmm. could be considered true and could be considered rightful, except that after he left, no, actually before he left, Kristen Nielsen decided to bastardize the law. Under the guidance of of Trump. I'm not kidding about this. Mm -hmm. So many of these people entered this country legally looking for asylum. Looking for asylum. Right. That's 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 the They were looking for trouble. They were just looking for trouble and I gave it to them. He said just take a step aside. Joe and I are talking. I'm sorry. (laughs) He said he said that in that clip that uh, these people broke the law. Well, uh, they, technically, no, they didn't. No, uh, they didn't. Technically, they took advantage of the law, which allows them to surrender to a border patrol agent or, or an agent on exactly. the other side, as long as they step on U.S. soil, according yep. to United States law and tr- international treaty. 
as long as they step on U.S. soil, which is usually on the other side of the barrier, by the way, they are they they are allowed due process to have their case heard. In a, I, I think in, it's... A, in, a, in, a, in an administrative court to hear their case for asylum. That is the law. They are not breaking the law. So, Jeff, you're a fucking liar. But here's here's the thing, Joe and Ken. And, and, and we got to go to break. Talk- to make it, make I, it I know we have to go to break. And I just want to make this really, 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 really clear. There are families that are coming to America and, and declaring the lawful asylum. And our government is saying, you're a mother, you're a father, and there's your children, and we're separating you. I mean, I I can't make, you know, I don't think this is getting covered enough because I think think that this entire situation is because this administration is such a goddamn mess. But they are literally saying to the parents, you can go over here to this cage and we're going to take your children and put them over here. It's really that awful. It's yeah. it's really 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 terrible. Yeah, and and uh, they're making it terrible, and then they're blaming Obama. <laughs> well, Jesus yeah, Christ, Obama. I mean, I, I I just you you can't make this shit up. Well, I guess you can because they make it up every day. The only so. time I know we have to go to break, but I want to make this clear, and I I, I I we can talk about it after the break. The only time that Obama and or, or his his administration separated children from their parents was when their parents posed a risk like drug trafficking mm-hmm. um terrorism human trafficking human trafficking i mean if they if those parents were like on the list were like dude yeah you're M- you're ms13 yeah and gonna, that's you yeah. have to come over here into a jail and we're going to take your children and again it was only 20 days Yes, uh, exactly. All right, well, we got to go to the break. Uh, we will pick up on this conversation when we come back and get to uh, some of the cable people doing some uh, fact-checking on this. Uh, thank God for Shep Smith over at Fox News. Um, but, uh, man, what cartoon do you think they put Trump in front of when Shep is on? Like, probably the old racist Looney Tunes cartoons or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here. Crows. I want to see the race. I want to see the, you know, I'm not even going to use any euphemism for for that. Play me my Looney Tunes. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the bad gay man's on Fox. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and run to the break. We'll be right back with more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. So new and different, it won first prize at the International Inventors Exposition. KennyPick.com Your name and that of your lovers. 
I could kiss you in the mouth. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media right here on Indie Media Weekly. Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are From the Bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the Bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Stephanie Miller. You're listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Great Scott! What is that? It's really weird, but it's also the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my whole life. It's terrible, by the way. Totally overproduced. The first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. Oh my God! They've killed Kenny! You bastard! What a worth It's showtime! It is showtime, and welcome back to it. And of course, joining me as always on the program, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C. You Welcome back. I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> and uh, I only I only say that because I'm going to post a link from Raw Story about Miss Maxine Waters schooling Steve Mnuchin. Good, good, and uh, of course Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Welcome back to you as well, sir. Hi, hi there. I'm here. Anything going on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are dire wolves on the floor above me, and I don't know what they're doing. Uh-oh. Ooh, not good. Uh-oh. So, uh, all right. Uh, uh, let's go ahead, and uh, I want to get to a little bit more of the um, some of the reaction audio from... Uh, got a couple different clips here. One from CNN, one from Fox. Let's start with the, the Shepard Smith one real quick. Uh, because Shep Smith does a little Rex Quando, if you know what I mean. Okay, now watch this. I'm just going to break the wrist and walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. Jeez. All right, here you go. Now, separating rhetoric from reality when it comes to immigration in America. Today, President Trump called out Democrats, federal judges, and his predecessor over problems at the border. He also said that he is planning to restart 
His administration, or actually what he reported is, he is not planning to restart separating undocumented children from their parents. Here's part of what the president said this afternoon. Listen for both the credit he claimed and the president he blamed. Obama separated the children, by the way. Just, just so you understand, President Obama separated the children. Those cages that were shown, I think they were very inappropriate. They were built by President Obama's administration, not by Trump. No. President Obama had child separation. Take a look. The press knows it. You know it. We all know it. I didn't have I'm the one that stopped it. President Trump has made similar claims before. Such a lie. Following are the facts. First, it is undeniably true that the roots of this issue stretch back many years. In 2005, President George W. Bush launched Operation Streamline to arrest, imprison, and deport those here illegally. But Fox News research shows officials often gave children a pass. President Obama continued the operation. However, the Obama administration tended to keep families together. There were exceptions, but it was not the policy to separate. After President Trump issued the zero tolerance order, officials did separate children from their parents. Bingo. Some families have not yet been reunited. Thank you. President Trump also spoke about cages. It is true that some of the photos circulating, circulating online so show children kept in chain-linked enclosures during the Obama administration. For instance, this photo is from 2014. In that year, the Obama administration saw a surge in children and families from Central America. They started jailing families together as family units. And according to the reporting of our corporate cousins at the Wall Street Journal and others, quoting... Obama administration officials considered separating families, but opted not to do so. The Trump administration did separate families. The Trump Department of Homeland Security estimates more than 2,300 children had been separated from their families by last spring. And the Trump administration did detain children in cages. An unknown number of those children is still not back with their families. President Trump said today, he is not reinstating his own child separation policy. But he might. <laughs> um, I've heard I've heard numbers far more than twenty. I think Shep said twenty three hundred. Yeah, I've heard numbers far more than that. Well, and I, 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 there's a part of me that feels like I, I I do appreciate what Shep is doing because he's on Fox. But I still feel like there was a little both sidesism there. Uh, yeah, I, I won't disagree with that. You know, I mean, Shep Smith was never an ally of the Obama administration. And when I say both sidesism, he's like, well, you know, the Obama administration did this, but it wasn't as bad as the Trump administration. And I feel like, well, yeah. Um, I feel like that was kind of squishy. There was one important thing in there um, that uh, he mentioned, and, and that is, well, uh, actually not one important thing that he mentioned in there. Something else that's been going around about Trump all of a sudden dropping this bomb about, oh, we're not going to reinstate that zero tolerance policy. We're not going to continue separating children. We're not going to do that. 
that is yeah. that reeks of bullshit. bullshit. Because there there are reports circulate is circulating around like crazy that people within his cabinet are are saying yeah we need to get back to that Stephen Miller, mm-hmm. you know this Stephen is fucking Miller and and that's uh, that's where the the John King audio uh, I want to play this because this is uh, this is you know where he he starts off by talking about the backup generator for the fact before uh, we, before we play that clip let me ask you something. And I mean this, Joe and Ken. Did this family separation policy ever stop? I have no idea. I don't believe so. I, um, and that's why I'm asking, because, you know, what you just said, well, Ken, is really important. It, it, they're talking about how they might restart the family separation policy. Trump just said, we stopped it. Well, two things, have, two things did happen. I don't think it stopped. He signed an executive order stopping it. Okay. okay. Oh, that's right. One that was okay. okay. And the second thing that happened was that a judge, a, f- a federal judge, ordered these children reunited with their families within X number of days. But where are which the yet, yet, yet has, yet, Which well, because they they don't know where the they don't know how they didn't keep track of who who was with who. So yes, there are many many children still not united with their families. But the judge ordered them reunited. So two things happened. I mean. The judge ordered this as unlawful, and then he issued an executive order himself that he signed, ending the policy he started. Yeah. Okay. Well, well now I'm completely confused, and not confused, but thank you for that. Because well, I'm not saying that that they're not surreptitiously still separating families. What I'm saying is that uh, under court order and by his own executive order, they stopped that practice last year. So, okay, hold on, hold on. But Kirsten Nielsen just quit because he mm-hmm. wanted to continue this policy. No, he she he quit because yes, she he she quit because he wanted to reinstate it. Oh, okay. And she told him. Uh, no, I'm not defending okay. her. Don't get me wrong. I know, I know you're not. She no, I know you're not. In a heated discussion, according to all the news reports, that. The judge ordered them reunited and that his own exec he would be violating his own executive order. In other words, Mr. President, I'm not going to jail for you. I mean, I'll put kids in cages. I'll torture them. I'll even cut their fingers. But I'm not going to jail for you. Okay, I'm not going to break the law. And you're asking me to break the law because there is now a court order saying these children are to be reunited and that we should stop this. And your own executive order that you signed said that. So she refused to break the law. He fired her for that. So Because he wants okay. people back. There's a little bit more information in this clip from John King on this matter, so uh, let's let's uh, listen to this. We're going to need a backup generator for the fact-check machine for part of what the president said there, including his bit about blaming the Democrats. He's right. The president's, the Democrats now control the House. The Democrats disagree with a lot of what he wants in immigration policy. But this president walked away from a deal when the Republicans controlled the Congress that would have given him a lot more funding for his border wall than he has now, would have given him some of the enforcement mechanisms that he wants now and could never get through a Democratic-controlled House. So when he keeps blaming the Democrats, now they have policy disagreements, but he walked away from a deal because he didn't want to give the Dreamers status that was just about done. That was one thing there. Um, yes, President Obama did have some family separations policies, and yes, some of those early images were from the Obama administration, but the Trump administration accelerated 
the family separation policy. He said, I stopped it. Uh, interesting, in the end, he said we're not interested in reinstating it. The reporting in the last 24 hours has been that they are having serious conversations about this inside the White House. Are they doing this without the president's knowledge or with the president not telling the truth there? Uh, I think it, it could be ignorance and lies. <laughs> uh, that, that's the safe bet from Trump is it's ignorance and lies because I don't think he has a good memory. I think he's, he's probably was well aware of them talking about starting it over again. And again, like Joe said, that's why Nielsen was fired. So, no, I don't think he was ignorant of it at all. Um, but I think with what he's seeing right now is... And I think not only did uh, Nielsen Nielsen wouldn't have gotten arrested, I w- wouldn't have you know gotten no, in no. trouble legally, but she does it. She desperately wanted to disassociate herself with being known as the woman who puts kids in cages well, and takes them away from their family. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. Oh, let's well, let's back late. up a second. The, if she did what he wanted, she would be in contempt of court. Understood. Yeah. Uh, okay. Absolutely. So somebody somebody is going to go to jail. Sure. I'm not saying they would they would you know send the, the U.S. marshals up and, and arrest her. What I'm saying is there'd be a contempt order. Somebody's going to pay for that. Yeah. Okay. Just you know just probably some lowly peon. He told border agents. He see, remember when he was down there on Friday. He told border agents, "Don't let migrants in. Tell them we don't have the. And if a judge gives you any trouble, tell them we can't do it." Mm-hmm. What well, what is he saying to these people? If you get a court order. If you follow, if you, you you do what I tell you, you break the law, and you tell the judge you're not going to follow the order. No, it's because be in contempt of court. And when he left the room, the the, the agents uh, leaders had to tell them, "Don't you dare do what he said, because you'll be personally liable if you do that." So, but uh, but I, I'm just saying, I think it's disingenuous wow. for anybody to believe that Trump wouldn't know that this was what was going on because you know he was pissed off at nielsen for not wanting to enforce it you Mm -hmm. know or or to not you know uh, again go back on his uh executive order um so yeah this is uh you know this some you know I, i he's not you know he knows unless he fucking forgot why he fired nielsen you know, um, the, the, he he lied and uh, he yeah he blatantly just lied there. We're saying you know we're not well, go, we're not going to read we're not going to read read we're not going to re up it. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I think he knows think, exactly what he's doing. Think mm-hmm. of where we well what he's doing is he's telling people to break the law. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm with Joe on this. I mean, I mean, um, where <clears throat> are we when Kirsten Nielsen, right? <laughs> That's a line that she wouldn't cross. Yeah. How I, low I, have we gotten? I think it was I think it was Ryan Knight, proud resistor on Twitter, who said, if Kirsten Nielsen is our good witch, then we're screwed. Yeah, really. No, we're not in We Kansas. really are screwed. I mean, I I'm serious about this. I think that Trump knows exactly what he's doing and and, and you know the past few days actually and i'll be really honest with you the past few months seeing what he's been doing with immigrants um he reminds me of was it wills help me here joe help me joe was it um president um not wilson who was the who was the president who decided to say we're not going to take 
Jewish people into this country. When no, they're trying to Rose- Roosevelt. No, it wasn't Roosevelt. <laughs> it wasn't Woodrow it was, Wilson? I think it was Woodrow Wilson. He was a horrible fucking. Evil I think it was bad. Woodrow oh, he, Wilson. Actually, well, he, he, he was, was the one who he he decided we're not going to take. Um, well, I, I know it was under, Ju- hold, under hold Roosevelt. They, they... No, no, no. I think it was Wilson who said we're not going to take Jewish people who are tr- seeking asylum from Germany when they were having a lot of problems over there before we knew everything that Hitler was doing. I believe that was Roosevelt, but. Oh. Because because there was a, a great deal of criticism for uh, turning away asylum seekers during the early t- early times of the uh, Third Reich, and that was when the United States was taking a hands off. I, I think I think that I think that Roosevelt in his first you know his first term might have been part of that, but I think it was Wilson. I I do well. Well, well, one of our historians, but the the. The point that I'm trying to make is that I find it incredibly disturbing that Trump is literally denying people asylum from South America. And he actually cut off funding to those countries that desperately need money to help prevent people needing to flee their country. And it it just, it it's starting to really remind me of of the lead up to um, World War II and Nazi Germany. I don't know what's going on down south, but I'm really worried about it. Well, I know uh, that's happy. Super, super great. Um, so, <laughs> um, no, I, I just want to get to this last bit of audio. I want to stay, let's stay a little more modern times here with Kristen Nielsen. Um, and, um, uh, there, a, a pretty solid message from, uh, Senator Maisie Hirono, uh, Democrat from Hawaii, uh, blasted, uh, Nielsen on Jake Tapper's show. She pushed back on these requests, including uh, his desire for an expanded family separation, uh, pushing back on, on orders, uh, ideas that the president pushed, uh, that she thought were inappropriate or, or mm-hmm. against the law. Uh, now that she's been forced out, are, are you concerned about somebody who's going to take her place who you like even less? Well, of course. Let's face it, this family separation policy was implemented by Secretary Nielsen, uh, putting uh, families and children into cages. That's under her watch, too. So um, thankfully that she finally got some, uh, how shall I say, uh, some sense of appropriateness. And uh, so there you go. But I would expect that, as is clear with this president, whoever he picks will understand even more clearly that he better, he or she better toe the line, otherwise they will not last long. And that is the case with this president's entire administration. That's why it is so chaotic. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, just, just to clarify the, the who was turning away Jews, um, just once one one segment from a book uh and uh, i'm just going to briefly quote the preface the american state department and the british foreign office this is in the 1930s 
had no intention of rescuing a large number of European Jews. On the contrary, they continually feared that Germany and other Axis nations might release tens of thousands of Jews into Allied hands. Any such exodus would have placed intense pressure on British to open Palestine and the United States to take in more Jewish refugees. Consequently, their policies were aimed at obstructing rescue possibilities. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. No, but I, I I know because it was one of the one of the things. I mean, besides Japanese internment, it was one of the sins of the Roosevelt administration. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, like I said, my parents used to have a, 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 a picture of Jesus and a picture of Roosevelt, and Roosevelt was higher than Jesus on the wall. But but let's not let's not whitewash what he did. He interned. I wasn't Japanese. trying to. No, no. I'm just saying we, he interned Japanese. And he turned away Jewish asylum seekers because of fear of getting involved in the European conflict. Okay. And those are those. That's a fact. I mean, I mean, and we can't run away from that. No, no, I appreciate that, Joe. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was Woodrow Wilson. I, I'm. Thank you. Well, Wilson had his had his own racist problems, but uh, Jewish yeah. asylum wasn't wasn't one of them. Wilson was the one who segregated people in federal government, but that's another conversation for another time. Yeah, I, I just it's just that. No, I, know, I appreciate being corrected. I do. Well, I don't, and I don't mean to correct you. I mean, it's, it's just no. The, I want to are, be corrected when I'm wrong. <laughs> those are those are the facts that you know. I, I mean. I think Roosevelt was overall a, a great president in, in, in some of the social programs he did, but he certainly was no saint <laughs> when it came to these things. He, he did what he had to do to keep us out of, out of the war, and some, some things were immoral. And, and, and it wasn't just Roosevelt. I mean, as I read, European nations as a whole, the Allies, French, you know, didn't want to take these these people for, for fear of, of such a huge influx that they couldn't handle. No, okay. Thank you. I, I, I sincerely mean that. Thank you. Well, it is break and, time. And, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, no. I'm just thinking it's going to be interesting going forward when we talk about Candace Owens. She's nice. Um, <laughs> she's sweet. <laughs> I can't wait. She's fun at parties. Um, all right, let's go ahead and run to the break. We'll be back with more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Ah, that's adorable. That's getting awkward. And now it's just plain creepy. KennyPick.com. <laughs> Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature, every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. (laughs) And now, on with the show. We're going to need a backup generator for the fact-check machine. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. 
What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. Now you may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up Tonight with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com, worldwide radio for humans, and of course, joining me as always on the program, Mr. Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Welcome back. You didn't know I have a Bachelor of Science degree. Oh, God almighty. Yeah, I got that, too. Yes, and you know what that uh, means, don't you? Um, uh, it means I'm a baloney, you, I'm a baloney a scientist. Baloney scientist. <laughs> baloney yeah. scientist. Yeah, of course. And uh, uh, much like uh, noted uh, grassy knoll baloney scientist, uh, Rafael Cruz. I am a baloney scientist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Free, Freedoms, <laughs> Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C. Uh, the Swamp, the Bubble, the Beltway Bureau, welcome back. Well, we can blame Ted Cruz for the fact that Texas Tech lost to UVA last night. UVA is the national championship of sports ball. Sports ball. Yay. Yay, sports. <laughs> no, seriously. Ken, all, I know, get... all I know is it. I saw the tweet about. Night. I saw the tweet. <laughs> I saw the tweet uh, about Cruz and his little fucking gross selfie and everything. Yeah. yeah. The bearded well, blobfish. A lot of people are really pissed. They're really pissed because. He was like, 30-something seconds left. We're going to take this. And nope. Nope. You know. Went uh, into overtime. UVA won. And everybody's like, God damn you. Why am I persecuted? Because <laughs> your father's a baloney scientist. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, I, I am a baloney scientist. And then he also killed JFK. Um, you know, it was funny because I... Uh, uh, I, I was over in the uh, the hive of scum and villainy earlier today, and I actually did. I I, I left a comment on that um, in response to somebody. You know, will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. And uh, and this guy put liberals are so petty, childish, and uh, I don't know. He said petty and childish and something else, and uh, petty chi- petty childish and dishonest. I think uh, you know, blaming Cruz for for the loss and i responded to him and i was like you mean petty you know uh childish and and uh whatever like you know accusing somebody's father of being involved in the jfk assassination with zero proof <laughs> and the guy said oh well the inquirer said it. he just went along with it because hey why not oh come on <laughs> what for real yeah yeah exactly so anyway, uh, but yeah, Ted Cruz, stop hurting sports people in ball games. Sports. Well, I am formerly a resident of Virginia, so mm-hmm. thanks, Ted Cruz. Oh, there you go. And this has been uh, our day in um, what do we call it?
There you go. <laughs> that was the, lo- the long version. It was. It was because we live that in America. And uh, and you know what? Don't mess around with Don't it. Don't mess around with God's America. God bless the United States. There you go. Oh, I think that man was in sport. He was a tall man. He was in sport. He was, yeah, he was uh. tall and in sport. All right. So uh, speaking of sports, the sport of Hitler loving, uh, <laughs> which there are... <laughs> There there are, unfortunately, far too many participants. Well, Representative Ted Lieu today, there was a hearing on white nationalism in Congress, and uh, he decided to, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, and Candace Owens apparently was sent there as a white nationalist apologist by the Trump administration. And, you know, uh, I'm telling you what, Candace Owens, or Candace Owen, whatever, I don't know if it's Owen or Owens, I don't really care. Um, you better watch your back, because if there is, a, if there is a, a, a woman of color a little younger and prettier than you or waiting around the corner to join the Trump cult, you're going to be old news real quick. So, watch your space. Um, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, be petty or, or, or rude about this. It's, but it's a fact that they, you know, that as much as, is um, the ignorant pigs in the GOP want to say, oh, well, Democrats, you're, you're just, you just want to keep African Americans on the plantation and you just want to, you know, it's like, no, 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 you're all about tokenism. You're like, oh, see, I have a black friend. You know, and yes. we're and we're like we're friends with everybody. You know, some happen to be black, some happen to be Asian, some happen to be LGBTQ. You know, some happen to be you know uh, some Muslims. Some happen to be not white men. Yeah, I mean, but you know, friends should just be friends. You know, and uh, so. Okay, so Ted Lieu uh, decides, you know, to say, "Look, we we we're having this hearing, and this is the person that Republicans decided to send to discuss white nationalism." In congressional hearings, the minority party gets to select its own witnesses, and of all the people that Republicans could have selected, they picked Candace Owens. I don't know Miss Owens. I'm not going to characterize her. I'm going to let her own words do the talking. Oh, so I'm going to no. play for you the first 30 seconds of a statement she made about Adolf Hitler. I agree. I, I actually don't have any problems at all with the word nationalism. I think that it gets, uh, the definition gets poisoned um, by elitists that actually want globalism. Globalism is what I, what I don't want. So when you think about whenever we say nationalism, the first thing people think about, in, at least in America, is Hitler. You know, he was a national socialist, but if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. <laughs> he wanted everybody to be German, everybody to be speaking German. No. All right. So my uh, first question is to Ms. Hershenoff. Ms. Owens said, quote, if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. 
So when people try to legitimize Adolf Hitler, does that feed into white nationalist ideology? It does, Mr. Liu. I know that uh, Ms. Owens distanced herself from those comments later, but we expressed great concern over the original comments. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) this is where things get nuts. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy! Susan hates it when I when I do that. Oh boy! <laughs> she she said, "Stop it!" from the other room. Oh boy! I'm in trouble now. Oh boy! I uh, So um, so um, uh, she got pissed because how dare you play my words back in a public forum from another public forum? She seems nice, this Candace Owens. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Let me tell you, after this next (laughs) clip, you're going to be sending her postcards and chocolates. You're going to want to buy her gifts from her little Amazon gift list that she has, her public uh, wish list. You say, you want want those uh, new uh, wireless earbuds, Candace? I'm sending them to you. Uh, you know, you want you want the the rainbow scrunchie set? I'm sending them to you because you're real nice. <laughs> well, she yeah, seems she seems like somebody I'd love to hang out with. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, it, it, listen to this. Uh, Ms. Owen, uh, Ms. Owens, I'm sorry. We just started a recording. Um, would you like time to respond to that? Yes, um, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Mr. Lou believes that black people are stupid and will not uh, oh. pursue the full clip in its entirety. He purposely presented an extract, an extracted Witness clip. Witness will suspend for a moment. Okay, I want to pause it right there. What on earth? What on earth? What What kind of... Why would she be so reductive about what Ted Lou said to say, oh, obviously you think black people are stupid because of what I said that was really stupid. I mean, it, you know, all black people are going to be stupid because she said something complimentary about stupid. Hitler. <laughs> I, I mean, no, it, right. it, it literally, about Hitler. It, it literally makes no sense. Well, and why would Back it just be? Second. Why would it just be black people who who would hear her words and be offended? Because yeah. Candace Owens thinks she speaks on behalf of all black people. Well, f- first of all, that that wasn't the issue. The issue was no. her words. Yes, exactly. Well, that's yeah. what it did. It, in other words, if I said it, what, we, what was going to say? Well, what am I going to say? Is that well, he's against Italian Americans. Yeah. No, he's against the words you spoke. But you're right, Joe. You're right, Joe. But clearly, Candace Owens, her defense is that Ted Lou played her words back to her. And she decided at that point to speak on behalf of every black person in America. And only. Which is a terrible defense. Yeah, and, and I mean you're right, Joe. I mean I'm not saying that what, you're wrong. What you're, she's, you're applying logic to it. She's and, applying and, that she is like the the queen of Black America. This is also her. And I'm sorry if I'm speaking on behalf of Black people. 
That also, you know what that reminds me of quite a bit is when um, uh, Clarence Thomas uh, decided to throw his high tech lynching thing out. Where, uh, you know, because he made it all about racism, but it was an African American woman who came forward uh, to detail his sleaziness. I mean, it makes no sense. There's no. There's no racial component to what Ted Lieu did, just like no. there was no com- racial component to what happened with, uh, you know, uh, 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 Anita Hill in Clarence no, Thomas. She was using she was using the fact that she's black as a defense that had nothing to do with what he was getting at. Exactly. So, exactly. I, 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 I so find Jerry that Nadler really bothersome to be honest with you. I do too. Jerry I Nadler find it insulting to, to 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 all all people, black people, white people. I mean, that's just insulting. That wasn't it's the insulting issue. Insulting to anybody who's a minority. He didn't say I want to play this black woman's uh, words. He just says her name, and this is what she said. She he made it went, a black white issue. He went so far to say I don't know her, and I don't want to disparage her. Oh, she right. made it an African American Asian issue because Ted Lou's not white, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yes. I mean, which is just cr- crazy on its own right, you know that that she, you know, I mean, I'm not saying people of different ethnicities, you know, not all white people aren't the only people that can be racist, you know, but they're they're, you know, we just have but a mostly, lot less of a reason to be, huh? What? Mostly they are. But yeah, no, I'm I, yeah. That, that that's one. No, I yeah. I'm just saying people can be racist, but Ted Lieu was not being racist here. No, um, he wasn't. He wasn't. And he, Jerry he, Nadler. Nothing. Nothing. Jerry, what he did or or replayed was racist. Nothing. And Jerry Nadler. It was about na- white nationalism. Jerry Nadler. I, I, let's then, get back to that part. I mean, that's the important part to me. He played her words. And he is basically trying to get to the point of, does this encourage white nationalism? Yes. She did essentially what Pat Buchanan did all his life. It's, Whitewash what Hitler was doing. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's 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 what it's what a lot of these people on the right do. They try to deflect from the actual the actual topic at hand, and and this was a hearing in Congress about. The rise of white nationalism. And Candace Owens, when she got back in front of the microphone, deflected from it. She tried to deflect the entire hearing and put it on Ted Lieu. As I was saying, uh, Jerry Nadler. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jerry, Jerry Nadler um, uh, uh, cut her off. And, uh, and unfortunately for him, he should have been paying closer attention to what she said. But yeah, yeah that that kind of uh, you know copping an attitude like that is unacceptable. And and basically, you know, again, just steering it, you know, saying, oh well, you think black people are stupid, which you know, and uh, but Jerry Nadler got all tripped up and thought she called him stupid. So he should have been paying closer attention to what was said. He just heard the words and like was like, stop it. It is not proper to refer disparagingly or to a member of the committee. Uh, The witness will not do that again. Witness may continue. Sure, even though I was called despicable. Um, Witness may not refer to a member of the committee as stupid. I didn't refer to him as stupid. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You you didn't listen to what I said. May I continue? Please. As I said, he is assuming that black people will not go pursue the full two-hour clip. 
and he purposefully extracted, he cut off and you didn't hear the question that was asked of me. He's trying to present as if I was launching a defense of Hitler in Germany when in fact the question that was asked of me was pertaining to whether or not I believed that Hitler was a, whether I, or not I believed in nationalism and that nationalism was bad. And what I responded to was that I do not believe that we should be characterizing Hitler as a nationalist. He was a homicidal, psychopathic maniac that killed his own people. A nationalist would not kill their own people. That is exactly what I was referring to in the clip, and he purposely wanted to give you a cut-up similar to what they do to Donald Trump to create a different narrative. That was unbelievably dishonest, and he did not allow me to respond to it, which is worrisome and to tell you a lot about where people are today in terms of trying to drum up narratives. By the way, I would like to also add that I work for Prager University, which is run by an Orthodox Jew, and a single Democrat showed up to the embassy opening in Jerusalem. I sat on a plane for 18 hours to make sure that I was there. I'm deeply offended by the of, of revealing that clip with the question that was plane. asked of me. Martyr on a plane for 18 the, hours. Oh, poor you. So, what does okay, opening up what? an embassy in Jerusalem have Ted to do Lou, with anything? Ted Lou never called her despicable, by the way. No, that was from that was from elsewhere. I have that audio, too. I just ended up oh, playing okay. it out of order. Um, but, okay, here, here's what's important to, to glean from this. Adolf Hitler's people were the Aryan nation. And that that was the nationalist portion yes. of it which is much like what is going on in the United States and what's going on in the in the United Kingdom and in Russia right now it's the uh you know keep you know uh, it's the it's the America first it's the maga thing it's it's we want to continue to have a white christian minority in our country I mean, Hitler went so, uh, even, you know, for everybody who wants to say, oh, well, the Nazis were atheists, bullshit, look up positive Christianity, that's where white Jesus came from, folks, and guess who white Jesus hated? Jews! Why did he hate the Jews? Why did he hate the Jews? Because Jesus was killed by the Jews, white Jesus was killed by those, those Jews, and so it wasn't Hitler's he was wasn't killing his own people. Yes, maybe geographically, technically they were his people, but they weren't his people and that's where the nationalism comes in, especially white nationalism. That is exactly what it was. And oh, it, oh well, you know, it's because he wanted to go other places and kill people that weren't like him and you know, push the master race across the globe. Well, it wasn't just that. I mean, it wasn't, you know, oh, well, he wanted to just make things nice in Germany by, you know, uh, exterminating an entire race of people and, and gypsies well, and, and people of color and gay people. Um, yeah, and that's, sick people and crippled people. That's and where I'd like to jump in on this. Was, I, whatever she's talking about, oh, you know, he was great. And she said it. She said it. If he was just a nationalist in his own country, I would be fine with it. She said it. Mm-hmm. She ignored the fact that, you know, yes, Hitler went and put Jewish people in concentration camps. But before that, he went after the gypsies, the gays, um, any other. I, those are the disabled. two that are, the disabled. Thank you, Joe. I'm sorry. But the disabled, any of the, any of the weaker people, he was going after an Aryan nation. And he felt like only if you are blonde and blue-eyed and really of the pure German race, then you're German. And his plan was 
to make sure Germany was that country. So when she, when she, this really does piss me off, when she said, oh, his big mistake was, you know, going outside of Germany. Yeah. I, I, I have a problem with that. I well, have a real problem with that. That's generally. She doesn't seem to realize that if, if Trump gets his way, she's gone. She's gone. She's Joe. a brown-skinned woman. I just I was saying it's just sort of what Pat Buchanan was selling about Hitler for years and years and years yeah. until people finally he, had enough of him and said, you know, oh, get off he the made air. the but trains. I, he made the trains run on time. Yeah, oh, and 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 it was our our mistake by 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 provoking him, according to Pat Buchanan. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have provoked. Well, yeah. in in the language but, but that Trump is basically. Trump is using about uh you know people from uh, the southern border crossing the southern border people from South America uh about Muslims uh about you know just about people of color in general his entire track record on on people of color is despicable his track record on women is horrible I mean, I don't think he wants to commit genocide uh, against women, but he definitely wants to, women to become subservient. Um, he wants to objectify them. Yeah, and 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 so, but here's Candace Owens' original comments. She wants people to listen to the entire two hours. Well, it was a Q and A session, and this question was about whether or not nationalism was a worthwhile cause. Or uh, I didn't hear the actual question, but it, it was give us your thoughts on nationalism, and she's the one who brought up Hitler. Yeah, I agree. I I actually don't have any problems at all with the word nationalism. I think that it gets uh, the definition gets poisoned um, by elitists that actually want globalism. Globalism is what I what I don't want. So when you think about whenever we say nationalism, the first thing people think about in at least in America is Hitler. You know, he was a national socialist, but if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. He wanted everybody to be German, everybody to be speaking German, everybody to look a different way. That's not, to me, that's not Everybody to look a different um, way? So, in thinking about no. how it could go bad down the line, I don't really... I don't really have an issue with nationalism. I really don't. I think that it's okay. It's important to retain your, your country's identity and to make sure um, that what's happening here, which I think is incredibly worrisome in terms of the just the, the decrease in the birth rate that we're seeing um, in the uh, UK, is what you kind of want to avoid. So I'm not, I don't have anything problem. I have no problems with nationalism. Oh, it's global that I try to avoid. She's evoking white genocide there. Talking about the birth rate of, you know, britain first people you know the low birth rate of of whites in um in england which is mirrored in the united states as well um and i I just i just don't understand how a person of color can can mention hitler and then never bring up the genocide well the problem with hitler was he just wanted to he wanted to buy a condo in in the bahamas you know, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, Hitler. The big problem is, you know, he uh, he was thinking about taking a vacation here, here's in the Swiss they're, Alps. They're all missing. Here's here's what they miss about defending the word nationalism, because nationalists, by definition, hate the other. Mm-hmm. Thank okay? you. It is by definition racist. Yes. Okay. I keep telling everybody, if you want to see what's going to happen here in 2020, watch what's happening with Brexit. You see what the UK did? 
they put themselves in a mess. Why nationalism? That's why. They didn't like open borders in Europe. They didn't like their borders open. They didn't want the other. Nationalism, by definition, is racist. Yeah. It's other. Well, it's good other. for her. Good for her for for doing what the the what the white nationalists want, and that's that they want people of color and people and, and from immigrants. They want them to assimilate to white culture, and by by forgiving Hitler for his uh, genocidal moves, and you know, and and just saying, well, he just wanted to take a camping trip, uh, you know, in the Ozarks yeah, in po- in Poland. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to come up with even more ridiculous locations for him, but um, but uh, you know, I mean, that's what he did. I mean, the Holocaust. She I mean, doesn't even want to say that word. No, she won't. I mean, and 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 it. But but I'm saying, you know, what she's doing here is is a multi pronged thing, and that is she's she's making the people, the white nationalists on the right, happy because it's like see. She's a good one because she's assimilating. And she's also saying, well, you know, uh, multiculturalism is bad. That's why she doesn't like globalism. So multiculturalism is bad. It's good for me because I assimilated. But for all you folks out there who want to keep your, you know, your traditions or speak your language or practice your faith or whatever else, you better get with the program or you're not going to be welcome. And the the Britain first people aren't going to be happy with you here and they're going to kill you. They're going to gun you down like the, 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 you know, like the, in the church in New Zealand, you know, like the, the Sikh temple over here, you know, God. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. Or like in the pit in Pittsburgh, the um, the synagogue, the synagogue shooting. Yeah, that's because there is a there is an absolute active hatred within the nationalist movement for anybody who won't. Uh, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's assimil- assimilate. If you don't assimilate and you don't, you know, and that's the thing is they say, well, you know, I don't have a problem as long as they do X, Y, and Z, because, you know, I'm the master race and I should be able to tell them how to behave. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. So if you like being a lapdog for these ugly, hateful people who at their core think they, at best, they are simply tolerating your existence because you help them you tow the line of their hatred and their bigotry um so i mean that that's that's it that's it you are tolerated by them you're not accepted for your differences you're you're not accepted for diversity go ahead i'm i'm just glad that uh, ted lou called her out on this and i'm i'm even more happy that she got all uptight and yes, Jerry Nadler. He, I don't think he did listen he to. He kind of blew well. chunks there, yeah. yeah. But he called her out on it. He played her words right back. Mm-hmm. This is what she said. Don't and listen to the whole two-hour thing. Take it out of context. And listen to all else. two hours. I, well, there on the other side of the break, there's something else she said in that little tirade of hers that I want to address. Okay. Um, yeah, but we got a we got the green news report coming up, and plus we right. got name calling. So we'll we'll just make yourself a note if we don't get to it when we first come back, then because uh, we're running late right now, uh, we'll address it in uh, hour three. 
So anyway, uh, let's go to the break. Uh, we'll be right back with more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Boy, that's that's getting to be a pain in the ass, isn't it? What, what kind of radio station is this? KennyPick.com. It's Tuesday, April 9, 2019. But then it emerges into the Plain States, and when it does, it becomes a monster storm. We're talking a blockbuster blizzard. Upper Midwest braces for another bomb cyclone and more flooding thereafter. Global warming pushing the Arctic into an unprecedented new state, plus... Today, along with other members of Congress, I'll be filing a Green Real Deal, a common-sense rebuttal to the Green New Deal. Republicans are suddenly coming up with their own climate policy to counter Democrats' popular Green New Deal. All of those rebuttals and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent Green News, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Being the world's fool or patsy won't combat climate change. Oh, well, so much for the Republican climate change plan. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, so the Green New Deal from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is so laughable and so ridiculous that apparently it's led the Republicans to come up with their own plan. Yeah, funny how that works. Huh. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, the National Weather Service is warning the Plains states and the upper Midwest that they could get hit by yet another bomb cyclone later this week. Uh-oh. The second one so far this spring that could unleash another wave of flooding in communities along the Missouri and Mississippi rivers that are already saturated, potentially adding to the billions of dollars in losses from the floods last month. Well, that's not good. Nope. Meanwhile, out in Africa, as predicted, a growing humanitarian crisis is underway in the southeast African nations of Mozambique, Malawi, and Zimbabwe more than three weeks after the powerful cyclone Ide plowed across the region. Aid organizations are struggling to help hundreds of thousands of people displaced by widespread flooding who are sheltering in tent camps amid an outbreak of cholera. It's remarkable that Donald Trump hasn't said one word to my knowledge about the unfolding disaster in Africa, but then again, those are a bunch of... mm, S-hole countries, as he called them. Meanwhile, up in the Arctic, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced that the Bering Sea, which is normally frozen until the month of May, is now almost entirely free of sea ice in early April. A different study in the journal Environmental Research Letters concludes that man-made global warming is pushing the entire biophysical systems of the Arctic into a new state. The international team of researchers warn that, quote, the Arctic biophysical system is now clearly trending away from its 20th century state and into an unprecedented state. And they say rising temperatures are already triggering cascading effects in the Arctic ecosystem, from diminishing ice to melting permafrost to changes in the timing of flowering plants and the migration of wildlife and marine life that are in turn affecting indigenous populations and the commercial fishing industry. Remember when Donald Trump and the Republicans used to tell us that climate change was a hoax? That's darling, isn't it? Well, they kind of still do, but congressional Republicans who have denied man-made climate change and blocked action on it for literally decades 
now appear to be scrambling to come up with their own climate policy to counter the wildly popular Green New Deal resolution introduced by freshman Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Late last week, Republican Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, one of President Trump's most vocal supporters, rolled out what he called his Green Real Deal, criticizing his Republican colleagues who call climate change a hoax, But then he announced his resolution with false claims. Do we really believe that if we outlaw cars, cows, planes and buildings that the rest of the world will follow? Of course they won't. Of course they won't because no one's calling for that, Matt. Exactly. The Green New Deal resolution does not outlaw any of those things. Gates also said the Green Real Deal rejects regulation as the driving force of reform and instead unlocks the unlimited potential of American innovation and ingenuity. Gates's draft resolution calls for modernizing the electric grid and promoting innovation in renewable and nuclear energy and subsidies for capturing carbon dioxide from fossil fuels. Well, those are all good things. They are, and they could all be potentially in the Green New Deal as well. But by rejecting any regulations to get there, Gates is effectively hoping that industry will voluntarily cut carbon emissions. Ah, pretty please do the right thing. Right. The bottom line is the goal of the Green New Deal is to decarbonize the United States economy by mid-century with the speed that scientists say is necessary to avoid catastrophe. If your policy does not do that, it's not an alternative. It's delay. Well, at least Matt Gates is pretending that he's mad at his fellow Republicans who call climate change a hoax. So progress? Maybe. Okay, we'll take what we can get. For much more on all of these reports and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. I'm Desi Doyen. And my name's Matt Gates. I represent Florida's first congressional district while it is above water. And this has been your Green News Report. Just like the rising tide is coming after you, you will be riding for all the wrongs you do. Oh, this is Indy Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Kenny Pick on Turn Up the Night. I've loved you from the first time I heard your voice. You use your tongue prettier in a $20 hole. You're like a word genius, and everything I say, you twist it around and make me look dumb. I like the way he talks. Do you really think that people don't know the things that I say? At IndieMediaWeekly.com. He even talks honky. There you go, dedicated to Candy O. So, Candy O, that's a Cars song. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back to the show. 
<laughs> Joe Santoris of Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Should have done that the other way around, but welcome back. We'll get the name calling here in a minute. And I uh, love that clip. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it really is. And I think uh, uh, Candace Owens, uh, I think her grandfather was the guy who wrote the Springtime for Hitler draft. Um, yes. But he and, couldn't say Nazis. <laughs> he couldn't say Nazis at all. And, um, uh, and of course, Rain from For Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the program. Well, hi. I just want to say a shorter Candace Owens. If Hitler kept the concentration camps in Germany, his nationalism would have been fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes I'm so sense. I mean, I'm so pissed about this, guys. Yes. Uh, oh, I am, too. I, I'm livid about it. And, of course, uh, Joe Santors, uh, for you. He couldn't even say Nazi. <laughs> He won't say, no, no, there you go. And, uh, all right, Joe, you ready to, uh, do some name calling? Okay. But I'm not doing it in German. Okay. All right. Well, you could just say hair. Like. Okay. Yes. Or you could just say with a lot of phlegm in the back of your throat. It'll sound German. Trust say me. Hair, hair or Fraulein. Um, so. Okay. Uh, say everything like this. And every once in a while you can go, Gott im Himmel! Um, <laughs> or, or say, Schweinhund! Uh, God damn it! Alright, here we go. Go up to Scranton with me. They place where dreams come true. There is no such thing as an appropriate joke. That's why it's a joke. I say it ain't so joke. I'm gonna have to take your car today. See, I have some top secret clown business that supersedes any plans that you might have for this here vehicle. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up, we're gonna be a bumpy one. <laughs> we could jam and joke the ride. What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? All right, let's get straight to the biscuits. They couldn't even say Nazi. <laughs> he won't say Norris. Norris. He won't say Norris. He won't Nazis. There you go. Give it to you one more time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what a movie. Okay, we have Adam Hibbert. Adam We have Bobby. <laughs> DC. That's his good. We have... I know where you live. I do know, Heather. Heather, you live at eight five seven one. Oh, that's your name. Oh, we have ways of making you talk. And uh, Mr. Kali, we prefer Jay Kali, but we prefer German shepherds. <laughs> oh, yes, play, Joe. Yes, and Cat, O two one one. Cat. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. That was suspect. I'm imagining every one of these names as Papas. though my grandmother and grandfather. What did you say it was it was it was Fraulein or Tanline? Fraulein. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Fraulein. Fraulein. We have we have Herr Kenny Pick. That's right. Herr Ken Senior. Hi Dad. Uh, no. Hello, Fata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hello, Fata. <laughs> oh, and a... Yeah, guten tag. Okay, we have a... Herr living... And Herr dying. 
<laughs> I don't know how dying is. Okay. We have, uh... We have fried Michelle. We have Harold Moonmeer. No. It's gonna be Frau Fraulein Moonmeer. Fraulein Moonmeer. Yeah. Sorry, Fraulein. We have... Gender fluid, there's nothing wrong with it. Mein okay. Gott. Mein <laughs> Gott. God damn it. We God have... damn it, Otto. Herprez. Nit. Nit. <laughs> Herprez. Nit. Nein. We have... Fraulein. Rain. 1967. Good, good, good we evening. have Herr Scoopsteroy, Herr Theo, and Herr Paul, Trojan Rabbits. There you go. And the rest, I know nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, papers, please. That was good. That was good. Das ist gut. Das da, was that was gut. Das ist Puppy. Get up to something, Hogan. Good day. You need you need some more in there. Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's right. I got the flam. Hogan. And also we call we call uh we don't say German shepherds, we say Deutschland shepherds. Deutschland. <laughs> oh or or, or Motherland Shepherds. Thank you. I was going to say Motherland Shepherds. Volksdoggies. Volksdogs. Volkshunts. Volkshunts. That sounds dirty, too, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, that does. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, do we have any birthdays? Um. Uh, there is no. There's only my birthday. Wait, when is your birthday? Oh, July thirtieth. Don't worry yeah, about that. Oh. Damn it! <laughs> Big one this year. I'm <clears throat> the seven. Yeah. You gonna do something seven, special? You're what seventy? Yeah. yeah. Mine good. <laughs> no, mine. Oh my god. <laughs> So seventy is that your is that your struggle? Oh Would my god! What? Oh my god! I, it's like it's like I was twenty. Then your, I was that 70. would be your, your <laughs> struggle. <laughs> your struggle <laughs> with Mein Kampf. I was twenty-one. Oh was, man! Uh, just, yeah. What? I didn't get it at first, and now I got it. Oh my you struggle! Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. You know how I got here? It was my will to power. Yes. That's okay, right. okay, okay, for all you. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> My willed power. I, I don't know. Then, I don't say, get the reference. Okay. Say it in German. <laughs> will to power? It's mine will. It's will. mine will to power. Well, it, will to power was. That did I don't not get sound it either, German. <laughs> Frederick. Frederick. Okay, Frederick. Never mind. <laughs> Frederick Nietzsche. Frederick oh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Okay. Oh, wow. Was was you know the the basis for you know Hitler's philosophy. You know the Superman. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was the bassist for Hitler's band. 
<laughs> Frederick Nietzsche was the bassist for Hitler's band. And he just passed away. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I still have in memoriam dead musicians on the brain from filling in for Paul last night. I was going to give a, a, I was going to give tell a Nietzsche joke, but I guess should I? Yeah, I should. Sure, tell a Nietzsche you know. joke. Okay, so people are, are in Metropolis. They're going, look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's out of Nietzsche. Uh, hey. Uh, yeah. There you go. Oh, forget it. So we can thank Candace Owens for all of this, right? Yes. Sure. I think this is the first time in the history of Turn Up the Night that we had a Nietzsche joke. Well... Only for me, you know. I think if anybody so. wants to call the show with their own Nietzsche joke, uh, the phone number. <laughs> phone number. Nietzsche joke. I know. The uh, phone the way, number. Phone is number is three three zero. Genre of those jokes. The number to call is three three zero five three six fourteen sixty six. Please continue, Joe. My philosophy professor in college told me that joke, and it stuck with me all these years. <laughs> So the, you know why Will to Power? It sounded familiar to me. They were a dance pop band. Oh yes, of course that too, and they had a bass bassist. They had a bassist named Fred. Fred. So. Fred. Fredrick. Fredrick. That's why it sounded familiar. I'm not that familiar with Nietzsche. I mean, he did what the, he did the the Superman thing, man or super or was wasn't that him the the Ubermensch whatever that was. To answer, Livin, no, know. we have not run out of penis jokes. And and Adam <laughs> says Don't I shouldn't say put my penis in this house. Get out of my house! Nietzsche had a penis. <laughs> Did he? Um, it was it was very white, and yeah. it had one blue eye. German. Um, okay, so Adam says I shouldn't quit my day job, but the joke. The, the bad news there, Adam, is I don't have a day job. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this, this is my day job, so I'm fucked. <laughs> oh, what am I gonna do? Yeah, it was the Ubermensch. That's a the a concept in philosophy of I mean, uh, Nietzsche. Ask, how, how many Nietzsche jokes have been told on Turn Up the Night? I don't know, but I bet there's a real what's Nietzsche, Nietzsche audience what's for him. What's his first name? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a niche niche. <laughs> niche niche. There's a niche <laughs> niche audience. Yes. What was his first name? Frederick. Frederick. Friedrich. So Friedrich Nietzsche walks into a bar. <laughs> yeah, he's a I bet that's smarts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got, uh, got nothing after that. Heather, no, is that you? No. Yes, it is. Hi, Hi Heather. Heather. Yes, Heather. What's your What's your Nietzsche joke? Thank you for stopping us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Candace Owens is... Oh, I've seen her. I've seen her tweets. Um, I'm glad Ted Lou um, did play what he did. Um, she is just... I can't figure her out. I don't want to figure her out, but well, she's ugh. like I said. You know, she's she's basically turned herself over to the the nationalists that would see want that that basically have laid out rules 
for how you can accept people from different cultures is you need to assimilate to our way of life and then you'll be welcome in our society and we'll tolerate you or we'll, you know, we'll keep radicalizing people and have you killed. She's going to hate this one day. She's going to hate herself for behaving the way she did or does. I, I, I can I can believe that you know there are, there are people who do uh, have changes of heart but you know I, I think it's going to take something really ugly for her to because I mean she hasn't woken up to the ugliness that exists on the right now it within yes. the nationalist movement the white particularly the white nationalist movement I mean you can't tell me that a nationalist movement isn't a white nationalist movement because that's essentially what it is it's trying to preserve the 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 heritage of the dominant culture within a society you know it's it's the america first it's the make america great again uh, you know bullshit it's you know the it's all about the rhetoric that puts down people of uh you know it's the it's the it's the language of the wealth you know calling people welfare queens or stereotypes about you know who's taking public assistance when it's you know hey it's mostly white men that are on public assistance you know well i Um, I think i think that what you're saying heather is it makes a lot i I don't know if she's going to hate herself eventually i hope she comes to a point where she regrets where she's at and I do mean that, and I don't want her to have regret, but I hope she gets to that point so she changes her mind. Mm-hmm. But the thing I find interesting, Ken, and Heather, and Joe, is she talks about nationalism. And she's trying to pretend that when she talks about nationalism, it's not white nationalism. I, I, I think that she sort of thinks she's trying to change the definition of it. When every freaking white dude... And white woman out there who embraces nationalism knows we don't have to say white nationalism. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say she's trying to whitewash it, but then I was like, no, it's already whitewashed. She's trying to rainbow wash. Yes. She's trying to rainbow wash white na- nationalism like it's, oh, no, it's so inclusive. Just be, be sure to behave the way they expect you to, though. That's 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 it. I, and so, I mean, Heather, if you if you've seen her, I haven't seen her tweets. I don't follow her. I don't follow her, but I've seen bits and pieces of some of her garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's exactly and, what it is. And uh, and Heather, I'll, I'm going to make get let this be your uh, your parting shot here because uh, we've got another caller on the line. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I really kind of wanted to say. So. Oh, um, yeah. I do have something else. Sure. Um, something that's really weird, and I shouldn't be bitching about it, but when they talk about health care again, and it's coming up, I'm sure, there it wasn't just black people that got helped by being able to have the health care. There were a lot of other people, and um, some of them might have had to have Medicaid, but, um, you know, if it was because of Medicaid expansion, there were probably quite a few white people helped by that. So uh, when they say, when they sit there and they complain, no, if you want decent health care, you want everybody to have it. Mm-hmm. And yes. there are so many people that benefit from that. And I'm off. 
Okay. All right. Thanks for calling, no, Heather. The, we'll Heather talk to you soon. Good point. She Absolutely. makes a good point. There's a lot of people who are trying to make it out like, oh, there's a lot of people of color mm-hmm. who, you know, benefit from the ACA. But it's a lot of people who are not, it's a lot of people who don't have sure. a lot of money. Just like the story I talked about the other day. There was that white woman in uh, West Virginia who was moaning about yes. losing uh, her the Affordable Care Act, and she voted for fucking Trump. So anyway, yeah. Theo, Theo's on the line with us. What's up, brother? Ah, good morning, Happy Consumer. It's uh, been too long since we've talked. <laughs> oh, so, 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 so long. Theo, you sound so like my friend. Gross. What shall we talk about? <laughs> we shall talk Sorry, about Zip I, I, I had way too many of those bad German, you know, World War II movies as a kid, and I learned huh. to parody them all the way too well. Oh, it yeah. Anyway. Not bad. So, hi, Rain. Hi. Hi, Theo. Who, who all we have? Joe. Hi, Theo. Is it, Hey, Joe. How Frederick, you Frederick. Frederick. <laughs> Frederick ah. Nietzsche. Oh. Nietzsche. <laughs> Johan yes. Santorosa. God is. is dead, Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche is dead. God. <clears throat> so, now that, we've, now that we've handled that self-canceling paradox, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm joke no. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I'll give you. There you go. You you did have there Nietzsche jokes, I promise. You. Yes, yes, I asked for Nietzsche timing jokes. Timing on rim shots is off. Yeah, it is. Do you have a Nietzsche? Do you have a Nietzsche joke? Well, here's well, the thing: Ken one. doesn't know how to make the jokes run on time. Th- that's true. I don't. So, but I know how to make the A train run on time. <laughs> All right, Theo. What do you want to talk about? We only got a few minutes. Oh, just the fact that. <clears throat> Anybody who doesn't think that Steve uh, oh, Miller, which used to be Mueller, I think, there's an interesting coincidence. Mm. Um, anybody yeah. who doesn't see that white nationalism as fascism going someplace to happen, you've got to be kidding. Yes. Um, and it's, it's as if an old post-war trope about you know, the, the self-loathing Jew or the Jew who wants to escape himself turning into, you know, into a fascist zealot. Um, That's which a really got worked good over point. by any number of authors after the war. Um, and it would be a joke, except that he's, he's, you know, internalized all of that and turned it into a way to, originally I think it was a way to gross out his parents. Yeah, and, it could uh, be. The Alex it, P. It, Keaton A move. lot of his... I, I know quite yeah. a number of his family are pissed off with him, including the uncle who's um, written an article and still does interviews quite actively, saying, mm-hmm. hey, this is a very screwed up guy. And the family, you know, there's nothing we can do for him, but don't let him suck you in. He's the um, whack sheep of the family. Self-loathing well, is a really, it's, I think, I think, those two words need to be used with Candace Owens and Stephen Miller and a lot of people at this point. I'm really glad that you brought that up, Theo. But anyway, I'll shut up. See, I'm I'm not as oh, I'm well. not I'm not so ready to go that route and to call them self-loathing. I think they are self-opportunists. I think that they are finding themselves again in a very niche position not a Nietzsche position, <laughs> um, to to gain personal power by, again, assimilating 
to the white nationalist credo. But doesn't that mean that they have to turn their back on their heritage? They and, are, but I don't. I think it's less. Of, I and, think it's and, less less of a loathing for their heritage and more of a, a love of self. Mm, I don't know. I've got. i got to think about that's, that. Um, the the truth may lie somewhere in between, but I think that's a really valid point, Kenny. Thanks. Uh, I, no, yeah, I'm going to think about that. I. Mm. I, but that's the thing. I just I don't want to take it upon myself to try and actually get in their heads about the motivation. I'd rather talk about the people they're surrounding themselves with and what I know they're capable of because I know I can get in the side inside the heads of white racists because I was surrounded by them uh, my entire young life. So I know right. I know who they've surrounded themselves with. I can only speculate on their motivations, and I think it would be more comfortable saying that they're just opportunists who choose to ignore some really ugly stuff around them until it comes crashing down on them. In in you know, in in God knows what that has to be after all the atrocities we've seen come out uh, of Trump supporters and white nationalists in the last uh, couple of years, few years. Uh, but go ahead, Theo. I'll, I'll give you yeah. a, uh, another minute can, or so. I can. I can relate to your point, Ken, because having grown up around serious rednecks in in California of all places, I mean, mm -hmm. but you would, but you know, the the Southern California, you know, civilized, reasonable climate that stopped at the mountains. Once you got to the interior of of that place, you were you were running into small repressive. <clears throat> In some places, embittered communities, and the and yeah. the the whole white nationalist tropes um, that resonated there with people. Well, it, I've it played to people's bitterness. I've witnessed tangentially uh, from seeing people from uh, you know Northern California and and you know interacting with people or just reading comments or whatever. I see that there is a great resentment for. How how California is representative uh, represented? I'm sorry, by the Hollywood set or the San Diego set or the San Francisco set is that you know yeah, the, the big, there's the there's a, on the coast that are economic engines and liberal bubbles. Yes, there are um, there have, are. Yeah. It, it seems in Oregon. State. Yeah, it's, it seems like and well, and it's you know uh, uh, to a certain degree like that with you know Cleveland and Columbus, um, and, but. I see a lot of people, you know, I've seen people say comments like, oh, well, you know, there's there's L.A. and then there's the rest of California and we're Americans and we don't like that. And, and, it, and it strikes me as being, uh, uh, you know, that fear of, oh, it's the Jews, it's the Jews that run Hollywood, you know, so... Um, you know, and I've seen that. I've, oh, and I've, I've seen people say that online. I've heard people say it in person. But you know, but you're right. There is a there's a huge amount of resentment in those. You know, Orange County, I think, is a good example of that. Um, it has been, although Orange County has been turning more, going more to the left. Mm -hmm. um, Orange County the, doesn't have any Republicans representing them now. Yeah, that's what I was was working around. Oh, to, okay. That it's there's been a shift there, and it's been a long slow gradual one but uh -huh. it's it's getting there um 
we've just got a long, hard fight ahead of us to try to, first of all, reclaim a national government with a two-house mm. legislative um, system and to take the presidency back from these people and some of the awful, you know, the acting secretaries of yada, 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 the temp jobs that, you know, Dolt 45 has handed out. And oh, did he really is. It's, it's been, been pointed out that he's been acting like a, like a mob boss and basically undermining any other kind of structure that doesn't let him have a firm grip on the people mm -hmm. he's appointing. They are his people because they'll do what he tells them to. Yeah. And if they don't, they'll lose their jobs. Um, so he's, he's overturning. <coughs> yeah. Well, the, well, also the institutional memory of how government works, how it's supposed yeah. to work. Um, he's institutional managed to do memory a lot of that. such a That's good couple what of words. Me. Yeah. You, what me. Thank what? you, Joe. Inst uh, Theo, institutional Theo. memory is so important. That's, yes. Um, uh, we have uh, institutional yeah. dementia right now with Trump. Um but anyway, uh, we got—I got to let you go. But some good news uh, is uh, our bench just got a little bit deeper. Speaking of California, Eric Swalwell jumped into the uh, presidential race um, for 2020. Theo, well, good. He's he's so. a good bloke, and the visibility can't hurt. I mean, we could end up with nobody in Congress and, you know, 50 or 60 presidents. <laughs> he'll, he'll be the first president that elected that's younger than me if he wins. God damn it. <laughs> He's the first president on your block. Uh, boy. No, he'll yeah. be the first president yeah, elected that's younger than me. So. Yeah, you know, which would, I, I can't knock it. No. At this point, the, the whole presidential declarations. I think it's more to get visibility. And get him in, yeah. If yeah. they start going into to you know legislative yes. races, uh, they come up against well, a lot yeah. of conservative firepower that true. a lot of money to to counteract and yep. fight off. Yeah, so, it is true. Well, Theo, I'm sorry, we're about five minutes over the top <laughs> of the hour, so I'm going to have to let you go. But thanks for calling, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye. See you Bye. later. All right. Uh, so, okay. Sorry to run over there, but we got to hit the break right now. We'll be right back with uh, the final hour or 55 minutes of Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night. With Kenny Pick. This is metal aficionado Kenny Pick. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, it's Gods and Monsters. Gods of Metal and Monsters of Rock, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Brace yourselves for two big hours of hard rock and heavy metal, selected from my own personal music vault. You'll hear classics from the extended family trees of Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Kiss, heavy metal standards like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Dio. You'll get a heap and helping of power metal, speed metal, thrash, melodic, glam, you name it, it's here. 
accept death metal and new metal. I do not like that stuff. You'll hear guitar virtuosos and shredders from the Leviathan and Shrapnel Records catalogs. Rare gems from the new wave of British heavy metal. Some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal. And rock and metal from around the globe. Gods and Monsters. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. And now, on with the show. I am a baloney scientist. Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. Now you may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer-to-computer computer computer contact. That is an idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on Indie Media Weekly Worldwide, Radio for Humans. And, of course, joining me, as always, on the program, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you, everybody, for correcting me. And? I thought you had to, thought you had oh. to be 45 to be president. It's only oh. 35. Yeah, I remember thinking that was so old. You got to be thirty-five. I know. <laughs> really? Why can't you run when you're eighteen? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, Joe Santorsis, Grant in Pennsylvania, the Electric City, reminds me of a. There's a DC comic from the '70s called Prez, the Teen President. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Moon Mirror says uh, 35 was really old when the Constitutional Convention. Yeah, because life expectancy was 40. <laughs> yeah, really. So they figured you could only possibly serve one term. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, Mayor Pete, uh, Mayor Pete, of course, uh, Kat pointed out he would also be younger than me. But has he officially announced? Not yet. Uh, no. No, uh, so yeah, that's the only reason I didn't. You know, I like I like him. He no. he he's good. He's taking Pence remember, to task. Remember, John Kennedy was forty two when he was elected. Yes, he was. Uh, was he st did was he the youngest president ever elected, or was uh, did at, Obama beat him? At the time, I think I think Teddy Roosevelt uh, was the youngest at the time of the oh. assassination. Um, I don't know. So I think it was Roosevelt, but I think uh, Kennedy was younger than Roosevelt. I'd have to look no. that up, but I think Obama Kennedy was pretty young. I think it was. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt was the youngest up until Kennedy. I remember when I was well, I was eleven when he was running. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, the Republicans loved to put pictures of John Kennedy in diapers. Oh yeah, <laughs> they used to love to do things like that. I got to tell you a fun fact. Barack Obama was the first president that was younger than Bob. And and when he was elected, I remember Bob was like, wow, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird having a president that's younger than me. I'm looking up youngest president. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt and John. Yeah. Okay. 
Teddy Roosevelt was forty nine, so it it was it, it was Kennedy. John Kennedy was John Kennedy was the first president born in the twentieth century. So if if I'm correct, John Kennedy is the youngest. Then came Bill Clinton. No, then came Teddy Roosevelt, I believe. Oh, well, no. let me see. Let, let me see Clinton. I think, right. Clint, I think Bill Clinton was younger than Kennedy. Oh, you I mean, right. younger than Roosevelt. You might be right. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, right. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. This is, uh, this is history corner on Turn well, Up the Night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, that was my, I majored in history, so, geez, give me a chance, you know? I, mean, I didn't know that. Just that give me a major. chance, everybody. <laughs> give me a chance. I majored in history. Uh, uh, yeah, don't rank them by... Uh, by age, but uh, yeah, I think it was it was uh, yeah Clinton. How old was Clinton? Let's see, Clinton was, I think it was 44? Uh, 46. 46. 46. Okay, one hundred and fifty-four days on January twentieth, nineteen ninety-three, when he was inaugurated. So um, it would it would go Kennedy, Clinton, and uh, Obama, and then Roosevelt. The way I see it. Mm-hmm. Obama was 47 when he was inaugurated. Clinton was 46. Uh, Kennedy was 43. And Roosevelt was 49. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's right. my your history. I, I know. I That's, know. Ken wants to go on with this, but I do love History Corner. On I do. Uh, I do too. Uh, if I could participate in it more, I would. But uh, I'm I'm writing down Mad Lib stuff right now. You're taking. You're taking so, nouns. Uh, I'm taking nouns. I'm taking down the nouns. Uh, but Joe, you were you by by request by request you asked me to get this audio for you. And oh, yes. we have a new Louis Gomert, folks. Oh, this is about the dumbest thing you're ever. Well, I wouldn't say that because you didn't what? mention really? Representative, Representative Thomas Massey versus John <laughs> Kerry on climate change. It's long, but go ahead, give it a little more setup, Joe, and then tell me when you want me to play it. Well, I think I, I gave it my setup because um, uh, I said I have a Bachelor of Science degree. Which means my degree is in what? Science. Science. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that means? I, sure. I it was history, dude. Yeah. It, it was like, yeah, it was uh, I, my, my uh, bachelor of science means you have a bachelor's degree in science. Well, also this guy says. Yeah. So you, you want me to, to run the, uh, the clip now? Run that clip and, and don't get right. an idea of what I'm talking about. Here's Louis Gohmert Jr., a.k.a. Thomas Massey, a Republican from Kentucky, versus John Kerry on climate change. Secretary Kerry, I want to read part of your statement back to you. Instead of convening a kangaroo court, the president might want to talk with the educated adults he wants trusted to fill his top national security positions. It sounds like you're questioning the credentials of the president's advisors currently, but I don't think we should question your credentials today. Isn't it true you have a science degree from Yale? What's that? Bachelor of Arts degree. Is it a political science degree? Yes, political science. So how do you get a Bachelor of Arts in a science? What? Well, it's liberal arts, education, (laughs) and degree. It's a bachelor. Okay, so it's not really science. So I think it's somewhat appropriate that somebody with a pseudoscience degree is here pushing pseudoscience in front of our committee today. God. 
I want to ask what? you. Are you serious? I mean, this <laughs> is really <a laughs> serious <laughs> happening here. You know what? It is, it is serious. You're calling the president's cabinet a kangaroo court. Is that serious? I'm not calling his cabinet a kangaroo court. I'm calling this committee that he's putting together a kangaroo committee. What, are you saying that he doesn't have educated adults there now? I don't know who it has yet because it's secret. Well, you said it in your testimony. Why would he have to have a secret analysis of climate change? Let me ask Why you. Does the let president ask, let's get back to, keep to the science secret. of it. Let's get back to the science of it. <laughs> but it's not science. You're not quoting science. I, I, well, you're the science expert. You got the political science degree. What? Look, oh, God. let me ask you this. What's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About 406, 406 today. Okay, 406. Are you aware? 350 that... being the level that scientists have said is danger. Okay, are you aware? 350 is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average oh has been over 1,000 parts per million? Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's, um, <laughs> let me just share with you that we now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today. You go, you go when back. I was in the South Pole, when I, was, I wasn't at the South Pole, when I was in McBurdo, we couldn't get to the South Pole because of the weather, but I was given a vial of air which said on it, cleanest air in the world. It was 401.6 parts per million. That is 50 parts per million already over what the, scientists the, say. The reason acceptable. you chose 800,000 oh years ago is because for 200 million years before that, it was greater than, the, than it is today. And I'm going to say for the record. Yeah, oh but there God. weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't oh have seven God. million people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth which spewed did up. Did geology up. stop when we got on? Oh, my God. Oh, did God. geology <laughs> stop? What the hell? Did geology <laughs> stop? No, but there there currently aren't volcanoes all across the globe spewing noxious gas and chemicals and and, and toxins into the air. I, I mean, oh my god, seriously. So, you know, and and what what, what kind of good Christian? I have to assume I, I got to assume I got to assume this guy's an atheist too. Because he thinks the Earth is older than three thousand years old. Ay, caramba. I caramba! I I like the way you're cherry picking the last eight hundred thousand years. I love how John what about Kerry the was two like before that, like when the Earth was forming. Holy shit! Oh yeah, and what about fourteen See, this billion guy is, years? This guy's in Congress. He's yeah. on the Science Committee or whatever he's, committee that he's, was. He's from Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> he's a republican from kentucky let's clarify he's a republican, a republican from Republic. kentucky yeah but you know what john yarmouth is from kentucky and he is damn smart yeah, yeah. I, that i i have friends in kentucky that are smart i have family so in kentucky who's smart, smart. This, so this and, and uh, they're I mean, uh, they're I on record so yeah. <laughs> He's he trying to do those gotcha questions, and you know, Carrie's like, "Well, it's this number and this number, and you should know this number if you're going to ask me this question." But obviously, you don't know this number, so let me school you. Oh, okay, you don't know this. Well, let me tell you some more. He had me at political science. I'm sorry. 
Because Terry has a Bachelor of Arts degree. I, on the other hand, have a Bachelor of Science degree, which makes me a Bachelor of Scientist. <laughs> what the fuck is he um, talking about? Yeah. It must have made your brain hurt to hear that. It made my brain hurt. And when I heard, I told, I, I got it to Kenny right away because you got to get yeah. this clip. This man. And there's, there's more, just... and there's more, and I apologize. Adam says he wants to call in as a geology buff, but uh, I, there's no time to take another call for what we we're 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 in a tight spot because uh, we got more audio to get through. I'll send Adam the clip, and he can uh, rage on this on Mike Check Radio this Saturday. Um, but but yeah, so let's let's continue uh, with the last two minutes and seventeen seconds. Of the newest Louis Gohmert in <laughs> in DC, um, uh, Thomas Massey. Any relation to Massey Energy? I wonder. Um, or is, is that the Massey Energy of the mind? The mind wow. dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, Massey. No, it's it's. He spells his name M A S S I E. Massey Energy was M A S S E Y, I believe. So, um, but anyway, I uh, up his IQ. Let, yeah. <sighs> Uh, I don't think. It, it, can you find negative numbers on on the internet? Uh, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you can actually. <laughs> but anyway, um, here we go. Uh, John Kerry with Representative Thomas Massey, and this guy just—you got to Google, do a Google search, everybody. Don't do a Google search. You're going surfing on the internet. He looks like the biggest fucking wig wearing dipshit. He oh, looks like yes. he kind of looks like I don't know a guy from an '80s commercial trying to sell a really crappy product or something. He just looks yeah, like you know, gel. does it? Yeah, he looks like he's trying to sell like you know, you know, a uh, Dep gel for for Republicans or something. You know what he looks like if if Chuck Todd curled his hair. <laughs> oh my god it's kind of a chunk toad with curly hair yeah yes. with a perm he's, chunk he's toad like with a perm chuck, take, look at chuck todd and then if he if he got a, a hair a curling well if he, if he could he, he probably need a to a podcast he, he probably needs to borrow a, a toddcast uh <laughs> it's called the, it is called the oh my god chodecast is what it should be called <laughs> um but no, no. Did Chuck Todd? Chuck Todd would need to borrow some aerosol hair from uh, Stephen Miller, yeah. then get it perm. <laughs> yes, and then yes. he would look like yeah. Oh my! And, and get some oh really. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, all right, continuing. John Kerry versus Representative Thomas Massey uh, on climate change because Republicans are smart. The planet, Mr. Chairman, I. I <laughs> This is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. I agree. No, they're clapping when for him, not you. When you can't answer the question, yeah, yeah, that's me. the best answer you got. I, I did I, answer. I submit for the record uh, an article called The CO2 Deficit. Thank you. Secretary Kerry, what is your... You avoided my uh, colleague's question about how do you pay for it. But I want to ask, what is your solution to comply with the Paris Accord requirements? Like, what would you do? I, I, I 
beg to differ with you. I did not avoid the question. I said there are many ways to pay for it. He just asked for one. one well, I did. Oh, I Jesus. talked about the carbon pricing is one way to pay for change. Uh, there are all kinds of other things we could do. One would be to not give a billion do trillion dollars worth of tax benefits to the top 1% of Americans. I'm one of them. So I did didn't deserve to get that tax cut. Nobody did in this Thank country you. at the expense of average folks who can't make ends meet. So that would be a fair way to start. You don't want to uh, politicize this, but you just played the 1% card. What oh the fuck? What the living fuck? It, so every <laughs> what the living fuck is that? <laughs> The top 1% isn't all conservatives and all Republicans, all Trump cultists. We don't even know if Trump's in the top 1% because he won't, you know, they're fighting tooth and nail to hide his taxes. But how is that, how is that political? It's it's not. It's, it's the, I'm so sick and tired of this, 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 I, God damn it. I am so sick and tired of this. Whenever they say, whenever somebody like John Kerry, who is a former secretary of state um, and also a senator, says something oh you're making it political when you said you weren't going to make that's a, that's a lot like you know greeting somebody uh, like let's say let's say a person of color comes before any any congressional committee and says i was the victim of racism oh well now you're making this a racist issue or it's the opposite with Candace Owens, who goes before a panel, and yes, Ted Lieu. Yes. <laughs> Ted Lieu plays her own audio and says, you think black people are stupid. Their intellectual dishonesty is disgusting. It's like deep and wide. In and jumping in a ring and looking at your opponent and saying, we're not going to fight, are we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, really. It's just, honest to God, it's intellectual dishonesty. They yeah. are really dishonest. They don't want to have a discussion. They are just completely dishonest about having a, a real. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I know. Sure. But uh, we, we got one more minute. Know. One more minute left of this clip. And I know we have a, a song request for everything that's been played tonight, <laughs> audio wise. But uh, uh, I do want to play this oldie but a goodie because in the beginning. Uh, um, uh, before we get back to the clip, before I forget, um, uh, when uh, Representative Thomas uh, Massey mentioned the kangaroo court it, it remember it reminded me of the uh frank pallone monkey court thing i will not yield to this monkey court or whatever this thing this is, is not a monkey court. Do whatever you want <laughs> this is not a monkey court <laughs> i just love the ways is this is not a monkey court <laughs> it's just the weirdest <laughs> emphasis the weirdest emphasis in the world i will not yield to this monkey court or whatever this thing this is, is not a monkey court. Do whatever you want <laughs> Anyway, back to John Kerry. Last minute of him versus uh, uh, Thomas Massey from Kentucky. No, I actually played a moral judgment about what is appropriate in building a civil society. Well, that's oh, what, what I my did. colleague Comer that is a Kentucky knows is that this will fall on the poorest of the poor. It's regressive no, when you're you raise wrong. the you're price of energy in Kentucky or Massachusetts or Pennsylvania or France or wherever. Congressman, Whichever house you're staying in. That is absolutely incorrect that it would fall on the poorest people because if you do it right, which hasn't been done here for a little while, if you look at the tax legislation, there are all kinds of ways to make sure that people at the bottom end, people struggling to get into the middle class, can be rewarded. 
And that's not what's happened. So soak the If you rich. look at the distribution, we have the most unequal distribution of income in America that we've had since the 1920s when we didn't have an income tax. We have a country in which 51% of America's income is going to 1% of Americans. That is not a sustainable political equation. We, we have and a people country. Need to stop you want to use 1920 as the, the benchmark. Gentleman's time has expired. People in this country are far better. The gentleman's time has expired. Oh Thank my you. God. Thank you, Mr. Cummings. Uh, so Look, <laughs> you're gonna make 19. 19- oh, so you're back in the 1920s, are you? <laughs> yeah. hey, do you guys re- do you guys remember uh, in the era of freedom fries? Um, yes, and you know, I bashing the French. There was also they would everybody was calling for a boycott of Heinz ketchup because of uh, uh, what Teresa mm-hmm. Heinz Carey is that is that her name? His yes. wife? Mm-hmm. Yes, his, yes, his yeah. Wife. yeah. Because she's yeah. His she's wife an was married she, to another, another senator. Yeah, so uh, she he, di- he died in a plane crash. Yeah, and, and she she was yeah. uh, you know part of the Heinz. Uh, she was an heir mm-hmm. to some of the Heinz uh, empire. Um, well, she was married to the Heinz empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, she but she inherited mm-hmm. after she his, died, after yeah. his death. Right, right. Um, right. And and they were like, boycott Heinz ketchup. Oh God. Heinz is still number one, and it tastes way better than Hunt's, that Hunt's they were trying to push. My God, somebody tried to feed me Hunt's ketchup one time, and I, I wanted to puke. Susan, oh, yeah, well, the boys did a <laughs> Susan said, that was thing. me. <laughs> why did, why you, did you? Did you see the Retin uh, Lynx ketchup? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that today. Yeah, the, the condiment, uh, uh, they the sucked condiment. at it. They could not guess that. But now I want to try Trader Joe's mayonnaise. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? I so, think a lot of eggs. Because they said, they said that, that, that Hellman's tasted board. like garbage next to the Trader Joe's one. But then again, Trader they Joe's. do have they kind of do have childish palates, so I don't know. Oh, so, look, we can talk about mayonnaise on another show. I am a big can. fan of Duke's mayonnaise. Oh, that, well, they, well they so is so is Link. Right. Link was a big fan of Duke's. That's a that's a regional thing because he yeah. was from North. They're from North Carolina, and he was talking about Duke's. Although they said they said it was Duke's, and they said he, he said Dupes. 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 You just Dukes. were talking about Duke's yeah. Link. Why did you think they said Dupes? But they hated Hellman's. <laughs> go watch Good Hellman's. Mythical. Go subscribe to Good Mythical Morning on YouTube, everybody. If you already oh, haven't, if you yeah, love me and Joe, if you love me and Joe and Rain. I'm glad no. you brought up this clip because I got to tell you something, Joe. It it really just amazes me. And, and this is this is one of those situations where, again, every time I think they can't reach a new low, they reach a new low. But John this- Kerry came here's- with facts. He came yeah. with facts, and, and they didn't want to hear the facts. And they, a science degree. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, with with this guy Massey, just. So he asked a question. John Kerry answered, and his immediately re- his immediate rebuttal was, "So, you think that dog poop causes global warming?" <laughs> I mean, it's like that whole thing where so. Oh, so you have a I science mean, degree, right? No, that's political. Smart. <laughs> it, political. It really science. irritates me. It feel I felt like he didn't even bother to listen to the answers. He had his questions and his automatic rebuttals lined were, up. He had his little one-liners. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was going to be cute. That's, oh, you, you thought he was going to be so cute. You want to hear the best so about cute. Mr. Massey? Surprised he didn't bring up Listen the swift boating thing with John he Kerry. Go dog ahead. Poop, right? No, Massey operates a cattle <laughs> farm in Garrison, Kentucky with his wife Rhonda and their four children. This, this is the kicker. They live in a solar-powered home. 
Oh, God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. You know what? Good for them for that, but God damn it. I, 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 they live in a solar power plant. Nancy built him. Yep. (laughs) Now, I know know, Wikipedia, but. No, no. Here's the thing. Um, Years ago, Bob Bob had a friend who he worked with. When, when he was out of work, he was, you know, doing pizza delivery years ago when we were in Atlanta. And uh, I don't want to say friend, but one of his co-workers, she, she was conservative. She hated everything liberal. She drove a goddamn hybrid car. She drove it. Mm-hmm. And he asked her, it's like, why, why do you drive the hybrid car? And she said, it saves me money. Oh, and he said, oh my God! This uh, this is a thing, and, and it, it sounds like this dude is quite like this acquaintance of a boss. God damn it! God damn it! Yeah, I'm gonna go. So, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with solar because it saves me money. You know what? Mm-hmm. If that's what it fucking takes. You know what I really if love though? I takes, love. Then let's do this. But God damn it! I am so sick and tired uh-huh. of these hypocrites. I love the very beginning of it too, and and John Kerry had his this moment. He was like, "Is this real life?" You know, are you are you really? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, you, is this you, is this happening? He sounded like, sound like McEnroe back in the day when, yeah. when he went after the after the yeah. line judge. But I you gotta can't say, be serious. I gotta say, condiment. Be serious. I gotta say, before, we gotta go to the break. We gotta go to the break. Um, but I do want to say, condiment talk kicked off in the chat room too. Uh, and uh, Heather says Heinz ketchup is the best. Michelle says I use Publix Greenwise ketchup. Uh, we don't have Publix in our area, so I don't know who who makes that, but um, I'm sure whoever does probably has a brand around here. Moon Mayor says Trader Joe's has good mayo and good ketchup. I used to be a diehard Heinz girl and a Best Foods slash Hellman's girl, and that's so funny because Best Foods Hellman's mayonnaise it's Hellman's on the East Coast and Best Foods on the West Coast. I mm-hmm. did not know that until recently. Rhett and Link. So yeah, Rhett and Link mentioned that. Yeah, oh, yeah. East Coast, when West comes, Coast. So when it comes branding. to Trader Joe's and yeah. Aldi's, when it comes to Trader Joe's and Aldi's, uh-huh. you can like their brands, but I'm telling you, they're labeled as Trader Joe's and Aldi, and they could be a name brand like oh yeah Heinz yeah or uh, yeah absolutely. I've got I just got some great. I'll tell you what I got some of the best. Girl Scout cookie knockoffs at um, at Aldi the other day. I got the Samoas and Thin Mints. <sighs> they taste exactly the same. Yeah, and they're only uh, I oh think two. I think they're three fifty a pack, two fifty a pack, something oh like God. that. I gotta go to Aldi. So tomorrow. yeah, check it out. It's right on the way in. Well, if your store is set up like ours with the snacks all in the in the front, so you're like, well, I want that, and I want that, and I want that, and I want that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So no, I don't need anything else. I'm going yeah. So and then you get to the produce and you're like, I don't have room for any of that. I'm just gonna buy all this junk food. <laughs> I'll just get a tomato. Well, no, you can't. You got to buy a four pack. Um, so anyway, all right. Let's go ahead and go to the break. We're a little running a little long now, but yes, for um, and I think we got through all the audio tonight, guys. That's that's exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. it looks like we did. Um, but here we go. We're going to go to the break and we have a special song of love and outreach. One finger outreaching. That is from (laughs) macaroni. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back with. Uh, oh, I have a funny story from. Uh, remind me to tell you what happened after I got my lunch today. It was surreal. <laughs> it was. It, I had. I had a, a moment <laughs> today like John Kerry. Is this real life? I did. It was fucking weird. It was fucking weird. I was telling Susan this, and she's like, "Is this a setup for a joke?" And I'm like, "No, it's not. I'm telling you what happened to me." <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, break time we'll be right back break time uh we'll be right back with uh my wacky story and mad libs right after this turn up the night with kenny pick a smooth talking jive talking street thug kennypick.com When you living with stress This is what you play to get shit off your chest This is what you play when people got you fed up This is what you play when you just don't give a fuck This is what you need when your car breaks down This is what you need when there's traffic all around This is what you need when you just walk in And catch your fiance with your best friend This is what you play when you get laid off And find out that your final check's way off what you need when you run out of weed or your baby mama tripping with your firstborn seed this is what you need when them ends don't meet this is what you need when you fighting in the street this is what you play when you all the way through this is what you play when you say fuck you fuck you. this is something real for everyone who feels like throwing middle fingers in the air you. if you ever been stuck or down on your luck throw your motherfucking fingers in the air something real for everyone who feels like throwing middle fingers in the air if you ever been stuck or down on your luck throw your motherfucking fingers in the air this is what you play if your boss is a jerk this is what you play when you on the way to work this is what you need when you come up shorter or at the drive-thru when they fuck up your order this is what you play when you waiting in line what you play when people wasting your time this is what you need when someone breaks your heart and says me and you we need some time apart this is what you play when you got dirt on your shoulder this is what you play when the police pull you over this is what you need when you just can't stand it every time you do right they take you for granted this is what you play when we in a recession this is what you play when politicians don't listen this is what you play when you all the way through this is what you play when you say fuck you fuck you for everyone who feels like throwing middle fingers in the air If you ever been stuck or down on your luck Throw your motherfucking fingers in the air This is something real for everyone who feels like throwing middle fingers in the air If you ever been stuck or down on your luck Throw your motherfucking fingers in the air Fuck you, I'm me, that's how I'ma do If you don't like it, fuck you, do you If you don't like it, say fuck you too or some of you might say, suck my food This is about being real with yourself Sometimes you gotta say, fuck everybody else Sometimes you gotta let people do what they do Sometimes you gotta stop them and say, fuck you, fuck you This is something real for everyone who feels like Throwing middle fingers in the air If you ever been stuck or down on your luck Throw your motherfucking fingers in the air This is something real for everyone who feels like Throwing middle fingers in the air if you ever been stuck or down on your luck, throw your motherfucking fingers in the air. Fuck you. Fuck you. 
This is Adam Hebert. On every episode of Mic Check Radio, me and my co-hosts are not only committed to telling you about the latest political news, but also about the latest nerd news as well. Whether it's the latest scientific discovery, the new season of anime, the ending of a cherished manga, or the latest in comics, television, or movies, my show is guaranteed to bring you something that will make your inner nerd go squee! So be sure to tune in to Mic Check Radio with Adam Hebert live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santos, a co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. And one more time for the next to the last time. Yeehaw! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras, including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts. Think your credit ain't good enough? We don't care. Think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the South? Well, that ain't right. You reckon that Yankee pick feller's got more class than us? Well, that might be true. But let's do this. Come listen to Southern Progressive Revival live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Come now, and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener. Wow! Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Where is it that you're from? Cleveland. Cleveland. Like Erie. Erie. What was once the mistake by the lake is now the roar by the shore. I'm rapidly becoming a big underground success in this town. Cleveland has taken its honored place in the building of America. Thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, Washington, D.C. Thank you, Scranton. And thank you, Boston. That's part of my story. <laughs> Let me tell you this. All right. So today I went to lunch. I, went, I made a run for the border. Went to Taco Bell. Gong. Um... <laughs> And uh, you know, I like some of their val- the 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 che- the the cheesy rice and bean burrito for a dollar is is quite tasty. Um, you know, filling too. Get it with red sauce though. Um, so I'm walking back uh, to to work with my food, and right now there's this like construction on on Euclid around this the the old Higby building I think is what it is. And th- there's all this like scaffolding, so it covers the sidewalk, so you know a brick doesn't fall down and kill you. Um, so there's this winding little walkway on this one section of Euclid that you know is in front of Taco Bell, and then lets out in front of a few other restaurants, and then boom, I'm down by my work. So I'm walking through the scaffolding, and this guy says, "Excuse me, sir." Pretty normal looking guy, you know, just like 
um, wearing, you know, like a kind of business casual whatever. And he's like, excuse me, sir. And I said, I said, yeah, what's up? And he said, are we in Cleveland? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I, I said, <laughs> yeah, we're in Cleveland. And he said, I thought we were in Boston. What? <laughs> and okay. and I just said, no, we're in Cleveland. And I just walked real fast back to work. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I have no idea. Excuse me, sir. Are we in Cleveland? God damn it. I wish I would have. Rec- uh, I mean, I didn't even, it, you know, I was just getting ready to walk past this guy. Like, you know, just just saw him in my peripheral. So I didn't run into him because, you know, it's it's a very narrow area through this scaffolding. But he stopped me and asked, if, are we in Cleveland? Oh, Last time I checked for him. If he was a uh, business casual. He might have been I, on a tour, you know. If this I don't know. Is did did Boston Boston didn't you know, play Cleveland today? Did they? Did, was he walking in Boston? No, Joe. Maybe he. <laughs> may, I, I thought. I thought maybe the Red Sox were p- playing the Indians or something, and he saw like, and maybe he saw a bunch of people wearing Red Sox gear and got pissed off and was like, <laughs> you know, I, so so maybe I don't know. Maybe he saw a bunch of people in Red Sox stuff, and I wasn't paying attention, and then you know. He just wanted to relate to me like, we should be wearing Indian stuff in Cleveland. I don't know. I don't know what the backstory was. I was like, I'm hungry. Goodbye. <laughs> I had, You know, I have a, a story sort of like that. I, I got free tomatoes at the Boston Market in Boston. Okay. What? What? I wore okay. my Yankee hat. Okay, Joe. <laughs> Do tell. Walking through Boston Market. Oh, free tomatoes. No, Go. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> Nobody, nobody, nobody stabbed you. Ex- with the softest tomatoes in town. <laughs> I got all the bad ones. I don't know what that was all about. But... Oh, oh, I took some beating up there. Yeah. Oh wow. They have, they have a thing called the Freedom Walk. The the the, the it, you know it, it it takes you to all the historical sites, the North Church and all that. You know, <laughs> all the way down to the commons and. It takes it through the Boston market. <laughs> and I didn't realize I was wearing my Yankee hat <laughs> until I got to the Boston market. And, and uh, uh, Will in Chicago if says... You weren't in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. Will in Chicago uh, says... On, Joe. You, know how, you know how Philadelphia is. Yeah. It's not as bad. Will, Will, in Chi- Will in Chicago says, "Is he a guy who just learned to teleport and goofed?" I don't. That's what I thought as a, as a comic book nerd. I was like, "Did he just?" You know, I thought about that. I was like, "Shit, maybe he's a time traveler or you know teleporter or something." You know, and uh, you know he time traveled and you know ended up you know the globe was in a different position when he moved. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then Trojan Rabbit. I don't know what this is about, but he. he He's saying, you are now in Boston. I am now in Sing Sing. No, you are now in Boston. I am now in Sing Sing. We can't get this guy out of Sing Sing. Good. That's just where he belongs. Boston. Uh, uh, so I, I don't. Uh, what? What is that? Is that a lyric from? It sounds like a Billy Joel song or something. So. I don't know. I have no idea. So. Uh, but he so says, uh, Yankee hat at Boston but, Market. But Trojan Rabbit said Boston's <laughs> home opener was today against the Blue Jays. Boston yeah, now has sole possession of last place. Oh. So, 
Here's the thing. Can- I bet you anything that uh, that there were people wearing Boston gear going to a bar or something to watch the home opener. That's that's probably oh Trojan Rabbit says it's the the Three Stooges could have made a good Billy Joel song too. <laughs> so it could have. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, we we we, uh, we, we I I get, uh I want to remind everybody. Um, I played for the next to the last time the Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, bumper that was written by Jonathan and uh, voiced by me, uh, Jonathan Matthew, the, the late Jonathan Matthews, founder of Southern Progressive Revival. Check out the series finale of Southern Progressive Revival this Sunday featuring uh, Janet, Joey, John, Wes, Adam, Kim Williams will be there and possibly oh, nice. uh, possibly Caitlin Chris. So please, if you can, make a showing. You know, I know Sundays are tough for people to to listen but um i'll be running the show i'll I'll, uh you know seven to ten like you know all of our live evening programs seven to ten p.m eastern um and uh and yeah you know uh uh, show us a little support if you can for that and then you know we'll and of course we will be making the move to doing uh the sunday the radio for humans sunday co-op uh is what we're going to be doing uh in its place which Hopefully, and uh, you know, will involve people like Janet and Joey and John and whoever else wants to come along for the ride. And Kim is v- very interested in that too. So, again, it was just a brainstorm while I was doing Paul's memory bank. I need to do Paul's me- sub for Paul more often. Uh, but uh, Joe, tonight the Tim Carmel show. We have a. Uh, this is what the twenty eighth clown yeah, card tonight. Twenty eighth. Yep. So I, I dedicated the show art. Yes. To all the residents of Essos and Westeros. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say, to all the girls I've loved before. <laughs> traveled in and out in the North Country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, all the wildings. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> To all the wildlings I've loved before. All right. And uh, no, do not. Another time. Do not fucking update now, you dumb bastard. Um, so anyway, we have a couple Mad Libs. Uh, we got two, to be precise. Um, and uh, you guys ready? You ready, ready? Yeah. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This is madness. Don't get mad. Get Mad Libs. <laughs> Oh, God bless Matt Libs. All right, here we go. Rain, we'll start with you. A part of the body. A part of the body? Um. Oh. You know the one that's already been used. Well, yeah, I know. Penis, right? Um, I'm going to go with, um. Don't say penis in this house! I'm going to go with Pinky. All right. Pinky. Joe, an adjective. An adjective entirely. Um. Oh, no. An ad- oh, an ad- I think you said adverb. <laughs> no, no. Adjective. Ad- adjective. Okay. Um, Entire, I think, is an adjective. Uh, let's say black. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, 
try another one. That sounds very okay. inappropriate when I read it in context. Oh. Okay. Um, now I want to see the um. Let's the cut the cut version. Yeah. No, I don't want to know now. <laughs> um. Doesn't sound evil. It just sounds inappropriate. Is what I'm saying. Oh. Okay. Okay. So. Um. Let's see. An adjective. Um. Stunning. All right, and rain, a plural body part. Um, toenails. Mm, you got a lot of bulls. I oh, we can go with bulls. <laughs> we can totally go with bulls. I, I, that's what I was expecting you to say. All right. So. Well, I was trying to be right. nice. Yeah, let's go with bulls. Go, go filthy on this one, guys. Uh, yeah. Joe, another part of the body. Uh, Perini. The oh, perennium? <laughs> the perennium. <laughs> Does it have two R's and two N's? Just throw it all in. Just It's just with a P-E-R-I-N-E-A. -E <laughs> there you know. go. Um, all right. And so I, I really, oh, we only I got a couple more. For a new painting. It's the area between the garbage disposal and the playground. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, rain. <laughs> yeah, the car. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah, we and... have into the weeds. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> rain. Yes. Now I need yes. a color. I need a color. Um. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, I'm going to go with ochre. Ochre, 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 O C H R E. Can I be more specific? I'd like to go sure. with light yellow ochre. Light. <laughs> light uh, yellow. Yeah. Okay. You know uh, what I was thinking you know, was Trump brand chart nice truce. Trump brand chart truce. So sure. <laughs> but yes, light yellow ochre. It's there, uh, Joe. Another part of the body. Oh, knuckle. <laughs> I, went, I went for the safe, safe thing. Okay, That's Rain. What I was trying to do, God damn it. Rain, what? you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me, Rain. Yes, yes. I'm not gonna hate you. I'll never hate you're you. You're gonna hate me. Last one, and it's an adverb. Okay, an adverb. That's okay, describing a verb. So people always say swimmingly. People say quickly a lot. So, how did you do something? I went to the bathroom blank. <laughs> I went to the quickly. bathroom <laughs> Quick, quickly. <laughs> I had the wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Messily. Okay, no wait. God, I, I don't hate you, but you know, you know I have a hard time with this. I know. Um Yeah, st startingly. Startle startlingly. Startling. Like, okay, no, that's not gonna work. I hate this. I hate this one. Startlingly right. would work. That's what I. I thought that's what I said. St yeah, uh, yeah. That's why. Startlingly. St start startlingly. It's just hard to say. Startlingly. Start. 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 Okay, can we say shardlingly? Can we say oranges? Yes, we can say shardlingly. 
<laughs> I think or we'll say sharding. We'll shardingly. Sharting. Sharding. Disgusting. Shardling. Yeah, it really is. My tongue yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. We have two Mad Libs from the voluminous. More Mega Mad Libs. $5.99 from Half Price Books. It's got a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I think we've done this one before, but I don't care because it was blank in this book. Because it combines, like, six different Mad Libs books. Uh, this is Snow White. All right. One of the most fairy Oreo cookies of all time is Snow White and the, Sel and the Seven Collaborators. <laughs> Snow White... Snow White is a princess whose smelly beauty threatens her stepmother, the queen, and her two step whack jobs, who are very lovelorn. Aww. This is not untrue so far. Snow White is forced to flee from the lozenge <laughs> in which from the lozenge in which she lives and hide in the nearby vomitron. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that Vomitron is a terrible townhouse complex. I've been on the Vomitron right after I had a couple hot dogs. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, and maybe like a stout. Yeah. Um, or you ate some of those rotten tomatoes that threw it. They threw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, once there, she is discovered by racist animals who guide her through the rancid cottage of the seven dwarves. The dwarves come home from digging in their mine and discover Snow White asleep in their sciences. The dwarves, the dwarves take care of her until a prince who has traveled to the, the uh, traveled the four corners of the candy in search of snow little uh, snow light yellow ochre. <laughs> in, well, he, he arrives and give her gives her a magical octopus on her knuckle. Ew. Which miraculously brings her back to life. Snow White and the Prince live shardingly ever after. <laughs> Here, we'll get the shards. There you go. Snow uh, White is yellow ogre. There you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> Watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, here I we go. I don't know if if, uh, if Vomitoria made it. Yes, <laughs> Vomitron. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, he, uh, he. I thought he said. Uh, I thought he wrote vomit Vomitron because I thought that was wasn't that a Dan Aykroyd skit or something? I don't know. I, I said Vomitron, but I'm, I'm sorry. I should have written Vomitorium. Um, but we did. We did. Get did get to it, but his page was so he. Oh no, Vomitron was a WFMU thing that I had on an old videotape. It was funny. From a fine belching mist to a. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, uh, magic anyone? This is the next one. Ah, uh, here we go. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. The very first word. I gotta get this ready. Penises. Don't say penis in this house. <laughs> Of all ages, enjoy watching fascistic magicians perform their flatulent tricks. 
every every man, woman, and tooth loves to see a magician pull a gerbil out of a hat. <laughs> oh no! Saw a live dick bag in half. Squee. Or make a huge Nazi disappear into shitty air. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is, that is, oh my god. Oh my god. This is, this is Uh, really dark. Uh, yeah. Audiences love when magicians perform Slight of Pinky with a deck of brains, a satisfied coin, or a silk carpetbagger. The greatest magicians, uh, uh, the greatest of all, uh, I'm sorry, the greatest of all magicians was the stunning Harry Houdini. Who was able to escape from a locked asshole, even though his balls were tied behind his perineum, (laughs) and his feet were wrapped in iron opportunists. (laughs) I don't have have balls, but I'm grabbing where my balls would be if I were a man. Oh my god. So so let me read that let me read that last sentence again. The greatest of all magi- all magicians was the stunning Harry Houdini who was able to escape from a locked asshole even though his even though his balls were tied behind his perineum and his feet were wrapped in iron opportunists. Oh my god. Yeah. There's no way he did that. He did it. <laughs> no way. No, he did it. He, he escaped from trick. that. Wow. Uh, Trojan Rabbit says, I did not see that coming. So. <laughs> Either did Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at Jay Collie bringing up Cheddar Goblin from Mandy. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Yeah. How could he see it coming? I mean, it was all downstairs. Yeah, you could see that. It was all downstairs. <laughs> Locked up, tucked in, uh, <laughs> twisted around. Tied behind his taint. Uh, <laughs> God almighty. Anyway, there we go, folks. That's the end yeah. of our show. Yeah. We're pros. We're professionals. Yes. <laughs> we try every Tuesday and Friday, 7 every to 9 t- Eastern. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, actually, Joe. We do this for three hours, yeah. not just Yeah, two. but I'm only here 7 to 9. From 9 to 10, I'm lost. Well, there you go. <laughs> This is not Joe that I'm talking to right now. No, this isn't Joe. <laughs> this is. No, it's a recording. Yeah. Joe out. He's like, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just riding along. I just, I just have gotten really good at at programming the uh, the AI robots uh, online to sound like Joe for the last hour. Um, <laughs> That's right. So, all right, well, Joe, <laughs> Joe, let's let's do parting shots right now. You go first, sir. Okay, this is an all-science parting shot. I got, I got some science facts, and then I have a little science joke, and then that's it. Science? Science. Who cares about science? science. Yes. I am a bologna scientist. God. I'm a bologna scientist. I do have a BS. That's <laughs> smart. Bologna science. I'm smart. The Jesuits gave it to me. I don't know why. Anyway, yeah. uh, at precisely 1300, 1300 universal time tomorrow. Wow. That's 9 a.m. really science 9 a.m. Eastern. <gasps> I don't know where you'll be, but stop. Because yes. scientists, scientists will hold, I don't know if they're political scientists, but scientists 
will hold simultaneous news conferences in Washington, Belgium, Denmark, Chile, Japan, China, and Taiwan to reveal what? The first direct image of a black hole. A black hole! Sorry, I did that wrong. He <laughs> <laughs> just stepped right on my... my my party shot. No, no, it got through. You said black hole, and it okay. came through. It no, worked. no, it, it just sounded like it was an overlay. I, I meant to, yeah, it, it went through, and then I was just doubling up, and I wanted to go, a black hole! <laughs> there you go. I was just, I was just Thanks, emphasizing. I, I was punctuating it. Oh, I've, I've, I'm so excited about this. The Event Horizon Telescope is a network of 10. Radio telescopes on four continents that collectively operate as a single wow. instrument, nearly the size of the Earth. That's the Earth 800,000 years ago, as opposed to the cherry picked 2 million years ago. The scientists, <laughs> the scientists, Massy. the scientists be behind this mega telescope boast that their ability to resolve objects in deep space, listen to this, is equivalent to being able to count the dimples on a golf ball in Los Angeles while standing in New York City. Oh, I thought you were going to say the dimples on Trump's ass cheeks when he's getting spanked by Stormy Daniels. You thought I would go there, but I didn't. Yeah. So anyway, I don't care where you are at 9 o'clock, but you better get to a, 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 a news feed somewhere, because when they hold this, the first image of a black hole, which is pretty remarkable, because Einstein didn't believe in them. True, true. No. He wasn't Einstein that smart. dedicated a whole, a whole paper <laughs> on trying. He wasn't that smart. But they're there. <laughs> yeah, how smart could he have been? He was there. He's overrated. Yeah, he had, he had one of those PhDs. Fake, fake news. He had a FUD. Who, who gets a FUD? <laughs> a FUD. Can you, um, can now you I'm hear that in turnips? The link, whatever it is, where we can watch I, it. I, I, I was writing the Washington Post. Wait a minute. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I'll tell my, or, or I'll tell my little science joke. And um, okay, I better get the rim away. shot ready because I fucked up before with the Nietzsche rim shots. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. So everybody knows. Okay, for those that don't know, that aren't into physics, Werner Heisenberg. No, not the guy on Breaking Bad. No. Oh, jeez. The real Werner Heisenberg. Not Werner Herzog from... No, no, no. <laughs> no, not the guy that you met on the sidewalk in Cleveland that thought he was in Boston. No, Werner... Where am I? Oh, this could have been. Are we in Boston? It could have been. It could have been. Werner Heisenberg uh, developed what they call the uncertainty principle. And that mm -hmm. simply meant that if you're observing particles, you cannot know their speed if you know their position and you can't know their position if you know their speed. In other words, you couldn't know those two things simultaneously. You could True. only measure one or the other. Okay, so it was called the uncertainty principle. Okay, okay, so one night after a lab experiment, Werner Heisenberg is driving home. And he's pulled over by a cop. And the cop comes up to the window. He rolls down his window. He goes, do you know you were going 80 miles an hour? He goes, thanks. Now I don't know where I am. Oh, see? There you go. Ah, there you go. I hope Bob was listening. Hmm? I hope Bob was listening. 
because he would have gotten that joke. Hello, and I love. Bob. <laughs> oh, I love you, Joe. But I was like, what? Well, I explained the Heisenberg principle. It's, I, I know. It's a I know. Physics thing. And, hey, what and, happened? Uh, <laughs> well, there. <laughs> All right. Good job, Joe. I I got it. I followed it. I love it. Um, I was familiar with that. It's been a while since a, I've heard that, but yes, circ- very good. It was a circuitous so. route to the punchline, but I got. It. But it wasn't about Van Herzog. So, <laughs> no, not Van Herzog, the director. No, I can't do an impression no. of Werner Herzog. I need to work on it. I need to work on my Werner Herzog impression because he he's a famous movie director. Do it in front of a mirror. Yes, I will. So and do it naked. <clears throat> For you, Rain? No. <laughs> uh, oh, no. All right, Rain. No. What is your What is your parting shot tonight? Uh, for my parting for the folks? shot is really quick, and it's really it's really quick. We were talking. You know, we played the the um, the audio from Secretary of State Kerry, former senator, and. In that same Senate or congressional hearing, he said, this is my parting shot, and I'm going to end it. In proposing what she's proposed regarding Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, in proposing what she's proposed together with Senator Markey, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez has, in fact, offered in one or in one week more than President Trump has in his lifetime regarding climate change and wow i found that incredibly powerful that is that is very powerful that's powerful i said i i got all i got all powerful uh, i don't know why <laughs> but yeah i i just I'm it is powerful we, i'm glad that we played the um the audio from you know that we talked about on the show but yeah from Louis Jr. John Kerry. John Kerry is coming at it and he's like, I got no fucks to give. He you really want, you doesn't. Want, you want another statistic is that uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has has ma- said more correct pronunciations of words in one sentence <laughs> than Trump has in his entire yeah. life. Oh, and how'd you like that dickhead piece of shit trying to trash her for being a 20... Uh, oh, written by a 29-year-old bartender. Oh, fuck you. How dare you shame the working class, you entitled well, little trust fund piece of shit? Yeah, Thank and that, it, what's you. pretty Thank amazing you. is she came back and she said... She basically countered him with that. She said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a bartender. Don't shame us. Don't shame anybody who's from the working class. Yeah. And I, I'm with her. I, I've known many bartenders. Yeah, I, I, they, I, they, I currently they know, know their shit. They know they they not only know their yeah. shit when it comes to serving people, they also know the people who imbibe the drinks that they give them to. I currently they, know bartenders are more yeah. in touch with America than than anybody in the Republican Party. I currently know, uh, probably. If I had to guess, I probably know 50 bartenders that I still at least have casual conversations with, but about a dozen that I talk to on a regular basis. 
So yeah, they they're they're in touch with what's going on in America. How many people whose dads weren't born in Germany, but is, they lie and say they were born in Germany and uh, got a small loan of a million dollars from that dad that wasn't born in Germany, and then got out of military service with bone spurs, and then uh, had a sexual Vietnam, and was racist, and got out of having to. Uh, be responsible for any of his actions in all of his racist things and then abused women and is a predator and somehow fucking got elected to the oh god damn it no i don't know anybody like that but i know a lot of really good bar- bartenders so you know what i never saw casio cortez uh walking around with toilet tissue stuck to her shoe this is true. I never and I bet she could probably actually. Fucking, I, she was a fucking and I, bartender. And Joe. I bet she knows how to fold uh, an umbrella. An umbrella. She knows how to fold an umbrella, too. That's exactly what I was going to say, Joe. So, anyway, all right, we got to wrap things up. Uh, stick around. Tim Coromel show is coming up. Best of the Clown Car, number 28. Dedicated About to? The Iron Throne. The Iron Throne. There we go. The Iron so, all right, and uh, and there could be a magnificent ca- clown car coming up next week uh, as well. So, oh. there could. But the week of potpourri. Yeah, the week the week is still young, so it could change. <laughs> it could change. Yes, you know. it could. It could uh, change tonight. Who knows? I, I know. Happy it could, Tuesday uh, night, everybody. All right, have a great and, week, and, everyone. Oh, one more thing. Huh? One yeah? more thing. If if. Trojan Rabbit ever wants to come to your area, have him visit you in your home. I met Mr. and Mrs. Rabbit this week, and I I met Trojan about 10 years ago, but I got to meet both of them together, and God damn it, I had a blast. And we had fun with them on Friday on the show, too. That was very cool. So- uh yeah. So anyway, all right, Tim Cornwell show coming up. Uh, don't forget the very f- the f- the series finale of Southern Progressive Revival is coming Sunday, seven to ten p.m. Eastern. Also, don't miss uh, three days worth of programming. Turn up the night, uh, Friday, seven to ten p.m. Eastern. Mike Check Radio, seven to ten, and then finishing off with the series finale of Southern Progressive Revival. And look forward to the Radio for Humans Sunday Co-op that will be taking its place involved in and we want you involved so get in touch with me let me know what you want to contribute and we'll do it we'll make it happen it could be five minutes it could be you know 30 minutes it could be an hour i don't care let me know because we need content but anyway see you later guys have a wonderful week that's it over and out rock and roll god bless america time for go to bed i'm finished goodbye We now conclude broadcast activities. On behalf of the management and staff, we wish you a pleasant good night. Thank you! Good night, Lawrence! (laughs) That's it! (laughs) Woo! Oh, and yeah, Paul returns on Paul's Memory Bank next Monday. And now here's this thing. Uh, there you go. This brings to a close our broadcast activity for tonight. In Cleveland Town, USA. The new golden voice of Northern Ohio. Our studios are located in the heart of Cleveland's entertainment district. Serving a metropolitan Cleveland. The friendly voice of Cleveland. A Cleveland organization. I'd like to hear from you by card as to how you're receiving our signals. And your ideas are always welcome for better listening. And we hope you've enjoyed being with us. Wishing you good night. May you sleep warm and untroubled. Hey, I thought this was Boston!